following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Pepsi Mama here welcoming you to another episode of Arts. It's our Christmas episode. We're going to be doing three of them. And sitting here with me is my cohort, Victor Gouveia. He's actually going to be participating with me this time. And so we hope you enjoyed the show. I've tried to pick out a good variety of stuff. And um, we hope that you like what you hear. And if you do, you can listen to our show on internet, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter live. Our, our Twitter feed is at BlindWhos, B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Facebook and YouTube is Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And uh, but if you don't like, if you don't have time to listen to us live or whatever, you can find us on just about any podcast feed that you like to use. Um, I'd be surprised to find one that's not there. Well, I can't oh. get on Audible. <laughs> oh, well, I keep forgetting about Audible. Sorry. Yeah. I can't get on Audible. They won't let me. I tell you what, folks, I'm going to get in trouble for lying. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you want to uh, write to me with uh, suggestions comments, requests or what have you uh, even a complaint or two but I hope there won't be too many of those (laughs) but you can write to me at afternoon radio theater sunday at gmail.com so it's afternoon radio theater Sunday S U N D A E like the ice cream. Um, if you want to um, e- email me, on with the show. The first one that we have for you is um, one that most everybody loves because these two guys are just nutso. Um, Abbott and Costello. Um, Got my tongue wrapped around my eye teeth. Abbott and Costello. Mm. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of like the other day when Andy Griffith asked Barney Fife if he uh, could sing a (laughs) cappella. But anyway, y'all kick back, relax. If you want to, get Wait a second. Huh? Can Barney Fife sing a cappella? Uh... He sang acapella, acapella. <laughs> I didn't think he had it in him. Oh, well, they, trust me, he can't sing. But, <laughs> but you're speaking of that, though, I don't know. I don't really know if Don Knotts could actually sing or not. Now, it did show on, the, on the, one of the shows... Uh, them harmonizing together. So I, I think um, 
the real Don Knotts might have had a little singing talent, but trust me, Barney Fife did not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just can't picture him singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't sing anymore because he's dead, but, you know. Well, yeah, true. That is true. Yeah. Just like my Jack Benny. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, let's move on to Abbott and Costello. All right. Crank her up. The Abbott and Costello program. The Abbott and Costello program with the modern rhythm of Will Osborne's orchestra, Iris Adrian, our singing star Connie Haynes, and spotlighting that chunky, chubby little cherub who, when caught asking a neighbor lady to take her shoes off because his uncle Artie Stebbins said she had crow's feet, Calmly said, I'm my bad boy! <laughs> well, well, Costello, where have you been? Why weren't you here fixing up the house for the party tonight? Oh, hey, Abbott, I had to get down to jail to get my landlady out. You know, Mrs. Satchel Push? Yeah. I had to get her out on bail. She got arrested for shoplifting. They finally caught her. Uh, I thought she mm-hmm. was too smart to get caught. Well, she made a mistake. She stole an alarm clock and hid it in her bustle. Well, how did they catch her? Her bustle went off at a quarter of eight. <laughs> Look, never mind your landlady. Never mind your landlady. Did you send out the invitations for the party? Oh, yeah. I got them right here. Look what it says. What is it? Luke Costello invites you to a Christmas party to be held at his home. B-A-P-O-B. B-A-P-O-B? Yep, yep. You mean R-S-V-P. Oh, no. I mean B-A-P-O-B. Bring a pound of butter. (laughs) Oh, boy. What a party I'm going to have. My Aunt May will bring her cranberry sauce. That's her specialty. Aunt Catherine will bring her plum pudding. That's her specialty. And Ann Eva will bring her 14 children. That's a, uh, uh, that's a nice family. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Look, forget about your relatives for a minute, Lou. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you remember to get souvenirs for everybody? Oh, souvenirs. Yes. Yeah, I'm having favors for the girls. At 12 o'clock, I'm going to turn the lights off. All right. Any favors for the men? What do you call turning the lights off? <laughs> Look, Costello. Who did you invite besides your relatives? Oh, a lot of movie stars. And I invited Lana Turner. And she kissed me. And that turn to kiss you? The smoke isn't coming out of my ears for nothing. <laughs> Look, Costello, how about the tree? Uh, did you get a tree? Mm-hmm. Did you get a tree? <laughs> oh, did I get a tree? Yeah. I got the biggest Christmas tree you oh, ever saw. Well. I just got through putting it in the living room. You did? What a tree! It's six feet higher than the ceiling. Well, it's a shame to have to cut the top off. That's the way I felt about it, too. Sure, sure. So I cut a hole in the ceiling. I have... <laughs> you cut a hole in the ceiling of our, our living room? Yeah, this will be the first Christmas we ever had a tree in our bathroom. Uh... <laughs> what kind of a tree did you get? Is it a fur? Oh, yes, it's one of those... What did you say? I said, did you get a fur? No, I got a tree. Uh, oh, stop this silliness. I, I, I want to see your fur. See my fur? Certainly. What am I, a silver fox? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about uh, fur, F-U-R. The fur, the fur I mean has an eye in it. Oh, the fur has an eye in it? Yes. Just one eye? Certainly there's just why. one eye in fur. Must be I, J. Fox. No, 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 look. I, I, please. Answer when I'm talking to you. Yes, sir. I'm talking about a fir tree. Mm-hmm. Now, will you quit talking about the fir with you in it? 
You doesn't belong in the kind of fur I'm talking about. I doesn't belong in that kind of fur? Oh, yes, I belongs in it, but uh, you doesn't. Why should you belong in fur if I doesn't? I have to look better in fur than you do. I'm prettier than you. I'm cuter than you. You bad boy. No, no, remarks, no remarks. No bad boy. Never mind. I'm trying to find out what kind of a Christmas tree you got. Look, wait a minute. Here, I've got it. What kind of bark did it have? What kind of bark? Yes. Uh, didn't you notice the uh, tree's bark? No, no, how many earmuffs on? No, no, no. Bark, bark, bark. Oh, bark. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. That fellow, the bark of the tree is the outer coat. Did the uh, tree have a rough coat? No, but the girl who sold it to me had on a smooth sweater. No, look. <laughs> and no, ti- no time for singing, please. Uh, the bark is the coat. Yeah. You find it on the trunk of a fir tree. A tree has a trunk? Oh, oh, of course. That must be where he keeps his coat and fur. No, Costello, I'm going to try to explain it to you. No. Yes, you would, yes. All Christmas trees belong to the pine family. Oh, no, they don't. Oh, this yes. Christmas tree belongs to me, brother. No, no, wait a minute. Let the pine family get their own tree. <laughs> I don't think you know anything about trees. Who don't? You don't. I do. I raised my own trees. Did you seed them yourself? Did I seed them? <laughs> yes, yes, I ask you. Did you seed your own trees? Yes, I seed them every day. I seed them this morning. I seed them last night. You can come over and seed them anytime oh, you want. How can I seed them when you seeded them first? Look, Evan, what have I done in front of my house? Uh, trees. Did you see them? No. Did I see them? Yes. In other words, you looked at my trees, but you didn't see them. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Let me smell your breath. <laughs> I don't know why I spent time with you. I was trying to tell you about the pine tree. Uh, we get tar from pine. We get what? A tar. Tar. Haven't you ever heard of pine tar? No, but I heard of a tree tar. Tree tar? Yeah. Clang, clang, clang with the tree tar. Clang, clang, clang with the tree tar. Lovely Connie Haynes repeats the song she helped make so popular. With my high dark collar and my high top shoes and my hair high up on my head, I went to lose the jolly hour upon the trolley and lost my heart instead. With his light brown dirty and his bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest of men. Started the end, so I counted to ten, then I counted to ten again. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heartstrings. For the moment I saw him, I fell. Chug, chug, chug went the motor. Bump, bump, bump went the brake. Thump, thump, bump went my heartstrings. When he smiled, I feel the car He tipped his hat and took a seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my feet. He asked my name, I asked my breath. I couldn't speak because it scared me half to death. Buzz, buzz, buzz went the buzzer. Flop, flop, flop went the wheel. Stop, stop, stop. 
stop wet my heart string. As he started to leave, I took hold of his sleeve with my hand. And as if it were planned, he stayed on with me. And it was grand just to stand with his hand holding mine to the end of the Costello, what did we have to come downtown for? Oh, I gotta get some more spaghetti, Abbott, so I can finish trimming my Christmas tree. I couldn't find any tinsel this year, so I'm trimming a tree with spaghetti. And boy, does it look beautiful! Oh, what's beautiful about trimming a tree with spaghetti? Every time I plug it in, the meatballs light up. <laughs> yes, I do! Go with that silliness again. Hey, Abbott, look who's in the car. It's that movie actress, Betsy May Mucho. Hello, Miss Mucho. Hello, boys. Gee, I'm glad I saw you. I want to invite you to my Christmas party tonight, Miss Mucho. Oh, I'm very sorry, but I have to go down to Los Angeles. I'm having a dinner party at the Ambassador Hotel. <laughs> the Ambassador Hotel. Oh, sure, Abbott. You know where the Ambassador is. That's the home of the cuckoo nut groove. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a thrilling dinner. Yeah. We're going to have crab louis and steamed clams. Clams? <laughs> yes. Don't you just adore clams? No, I'd rather have a plate of Freud oysters. <laughs> well, I must be ski-dawdling along. I beg your pardon? I must be ski-dawdling along. Oh, well, we will say. It's okay. <laughs> I sure knock off those Spanish words, don't I? Well... That's one turn down for your party. I don't care, Rabbit. I don't care if she don't want to come. Well. Here comes my girlfriend, Lena Gensler. She'll come to my party tonight. She's madly in love with me. Ah, there you are, you sawed-off Boris Karloff. <laughs> Standing on street corners, flirting with girls. I wasn't flirting with any girls, Lena. I'm saving myself for you. Thanks, Faso, for saving so much. <laughs> a bone to pick with you. I put some of that perfume you gave me on my hair. Wait a minute. I think it has a nice golden tint. Uh, what is it? Chanel number five? No. Kemptone number seven. <laughs> Roller and all. You little worm. Please, Lena, let's be friends. I'd never desert you. I'd stand by you. I'm as solid as the rock of Gibraltar. I can believe that. You're sticking out in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Look, Lena, don't talk like that. I was just going to ask you to come to my Christmas party tonight. Are you kidding? I'm going out with Van Johnson tonight. Oh, Van Johnson. You always talk about Van Johnson. <laughs> Take away his blonde curly hair and what do you got left? I don't know, but you can deliver it to my house in the morning. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, there's number two that ain't going to come to my party hey, tonight. Hey, Stella, look. Isn't that Mrs. Niles getting off the streetcar? Oh, hello, Miss Abbott. You always stand on street corners leaning on a trash can? Oh, that's Costello. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> he, he looks like the third day of the last weekend. You know, I wish I hadn't said that, Mrs. Niles. I was going to thank you for that beautiful Christmas card I got this morning. Oh, it really was nothing. It was merely a picture of me smiling. I know it, but how did you get your teeth to spell out Merry Christmas? <laughs> Now, 
about that, or Mrs. Niles won't come to your party. I wouldn't come to his party anyway. I always run around with younger people. It helps me to keep young. Oh, in fact, I dread to think of life at 70. Why? What happened then? <laughs> Well, it looks like you're not going to have any party. That's the third turndown you've had. I don't care, Rabbit. Uh, Let's go home. I'm going to call up some of my other friends. I'll get somebody to come. Here, come on. Let's grab this cab. Cabby, drive us to North Hollywood. North Hollywood? What's the matter with Glendale? There's nothing wrong with Glendale. I don't live there. Oh, Glendale ain't good enough for you, huh? <laughs> go on, go on, Costello. Say it. Glendale is a one-horse town. Glendale ain't a one-horse town. Oh, then why did I lose my job with the city street department? <laughs> go on. <laughs> go on, don't stand there. Say it. Say, tell people I'm not a citizen of Glendale. Go on, say I never even voted. You voted. You voted. You voted. Three times, huh? <laughs> Go on, start a rumor. Tell everybody I got paid when I voted. Melonhead, you didn't get a cent for voting. Oh, the six dollars they gave me was for a dog life. Oh, now I'm a dog, huh? Tell everybody I'm a dog. Throw me a piece of liver. I wouldn't throw you my liver. What's the matter with your liver? All right, you tell me what's wrong with my liver. Get a load of this punk. Now, he wants me to go to school for four years, study day and night to be a doctor, just so I can tell him what's wrong with his liver. Head, I don't want you to go to school. Oh, you want me to be a moron like you? <laughs> please, please, fellows, this is, this is the Christmas season. Remember, peace on earth. Yeah, Melonhead, why do you have to pick on me like this? Yes, Melonhead, have you ever heard of the expression, turn the other cheek? Boys, you're right. I feel sorry for everything I said here tonight, and I, I'd like to turn the other cheek so I can feel the humility. Costello, will you please slap me? You mean that? Yes. You mean... Oh, I slapped you before I should, didn't I? <laughs> okay. Now, now, slap the other cheek. Here. Are you kidding? No. Yeah. Thanks, Costello. You know, nobody would ever believe that Melonhead would turn the other cheek. Costello, yeah. will you please write down on this paper here that I did? Oh, sure. Sure. I, Lou Costello, slapped Melonhead on both cheeks. There you are. I suppose you're going to show this to all your friends. No. I'm going to show it to my lawyer. I'll sue you, you for assault. I'll sue you for battery. Get me a lawyer. Get me a judge and a jury out. Get me out of here! Well, Costello, it's 12 midnight. Not a soul has shown up for your party. I can't understand it. I don't know. Nobody showed up for my party at all. I thought my girlfriend, Lena, would surely show up. Yes. It's a shame that you aren't going to, to get to kiss her under the mistletoe. The what? The mistletoe. Didn't you ever kiss a girl under the mistletoe? No, I always kiss him under the nose. <laughs> well, it looks like nobody's going to kiss you tonight. Yes, Abbott. All my friends have deserted me. I'm just a failure. Ah, no, you're not, Costello. You're a big success. No, Abbott, I'm just a complete flop. No, you're not, Costello. You're a great guy. Now. No, Abbott, I'm just a sort-off little ugly-looking dope. Well, don't stand there. Argue with me. <laughs> oh, stop this, Costello, please. I'm going to bed, Abbott. Good night. Wait a minute. Aren't you uh, going to hang up your stocking? No. Santa Claus won't even come here. Now, that's wrong, Costello. Santa Claus loves everybody. He doesn't love me, Abbott. He don't. Santa Claus has never come to my house on Christmas since I was seven years old. I was a smart-aleck little kid in those days, just like some boys and girls are today. I went around saying I didn't believe in Santa Claus, 
If a kid come up and said he believed in Santa Claus, I used to say, Ah, oh, you're nothing but a sissy. There ain't no Santa Claus. That's your father. But now I realize how wrong I was. I want to tell all the little boys and girls what happened to me. Let's all be children again. Let me take you back to Christmas Eve some 20 years ago. I'd been out all day playing with my friends Chowderhead Abbott and Skinny Niles. It was a beautiful Christmas Eve. Snow was falling. And you could see the lights on the Christmas trees and all the houses. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the one we used to know. Louis, Louis Come in, mother! <laughs> Talking it, Ma. I'm trying to get the money out. Well, there's no money in that cat. Oh, uh, yes, there is. Last night when Papa's playing poker, I heard him say, Everybody put money in the kitty. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's your father now. No, that was kind of a sneaky knock. It's probably the Iceman. Oh, never mind the door. I'll see who it is. You go wash your dirty face. Oh, Ma, why can't I just go up and, 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 and cover the dirt with powder like you do? Why, it's the little Abbott boy and the Niles boy. Uh, we came over to tell you what Louie did. He came over to my house and asked my mother to bend her head down so he could see her horns. You snitcher. Why? Why, Louie, I'll tell you, naughty boy. Whatever made you think that Mrs. Abbott had horns? I heard you say that when she got dressed up, she looked like the devil. Yeah, Nanny, don't. You did either, Miss Costello. Louie said my mother keeps a cat in the icebox. Why, Mrs. Niles does not keep a cat in her icebox. Then why does everybody say she's got a frozen puss? <laughs> you children, stop this arguing, and Louie, you get ready for bed right away. Santa Claus may be coming along in a bit now. Good night. Gee, I can hardly wait till Santa Claus gets here. Listen, Kenny. I hear sleigh bells. Yeah, and I can hear him walking around on the roof. He's getting ready to come down the chimney. <laughs> Who built that fire in the fire? <laughs> I did. But you realize that you gave me a hot foot? That isn't the way I planned it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I'm late, boys. But I had to stop off at Betty Grable's house. Why did you have to stop off there, Santa? After spending a year up there in the cold north, he's got to thaw out someplace. <laughs> Quiet, Louie. Gee, Santa Claus, I, I hope you brung us kids some nice presents. Huh? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. I brought some nice presents for you, Buddy Abbott, and you, Kenny Niles. But as for you, Louie Costello... You've been a bad boy. You hear? A bad boy. Santa Claus, did you have lamb chops for dinner? <laughs> I'll take care of you later, Louie. Here, Kenny and Buddy, here are your presents. Now run along home like good little boys. Gee, thanks, oh, yeah. Santa. That's all right. Good night, Santa. Good night. Good night, boys. Good night. <laughs> now, Louie Costello, I want to show you all the black marks I've got down here against you and my book. Now, here's a report from your Sunday school teacher. She tells me you put flypaper in all the pews last Sunday. 
that you put a cap in the pipe organ, that you put Limburger cheese behind all the radiators, and then you put a cap from a Coca-Cola bottle in the collection box and took out 15 cents cake. <laughs> now, what do you say to that? I'm a busy little bee, ain't I? <laughs> you haven't heard the worst. I see that a few years ago you flirted with a little girl in school. Is that true? I'm afraid it is. And is it true that you gave her your class pin? What class pin? I was only two years old. I gave her the only pin I had. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let the whole thing drop. That's what happened. <laughs> and finally, look, the biggest black mark against you is that you've got a book under your mattress. Yes, sir. Santa Claus, it's only a book about how to make tea the right color. How to make tea the right color? What's the name of it? Forever Amber. <laughs> well, I guess that settles it, Louie. I'm afraid there's nothing I can leave you for Christmas. Nothing? You mean just plain zero? Yes, that's right, Louie. Maybe someday when you've learned to behave yourself, I may come back again. Well, good night. Gee, I guess I'm just the kind of a boy my mother don't want me to associate with. Nobody likes me. Even Santa Claus can't stand me. Buddy Abbott and Kenny Niles both got presents, but I didn't get nothing. I'm going to write a letter to my mom and my pop, and then I'm going to run away from here. Dear mom and pop, when you read this, I will be thousands of miles away. Don't ever look for me because you're not going to find me. I'm never coming back. Maybe someday when I'm old, about 11 or 12, after I make a million dollars, I'll come home and I'll buy a, a nice new dress, Mom. And I'll give Pop a new pair of overalls. That's what he calls his happy clothes. Please take the fleas out of my flea circus and put them back on the dog so they won't get homesick. And don't forget to feed my little pet skunk twice a day. There's a clothespin hanging by his cage. I love you, Mom and Pop. But this is the best way out. Your loving son... Louis Costello. Boys and girls, that happened over 20 years ago, and Santa Claus has never come back to see me to this day. Please, kiddies, take a lesson from me and be good boys and girls, so that next Monday night, Christmas Eve, you won't be waiting for Santa Claus that didn't come like I've been waiting for all these years. Oh, come, Lou, I guess we'd better go to bed. And Connie Haynes, and Spellinghead, and Ken Isles. Oh, boy, you all came to my party. Yes, yes, and I'm here too, Louis. Santa Claus, you finally came, and you even brought your horse with you. What horse? It's me. <laughs> Pardon me, Mrs. Niles. Gee, I didn't dream that anything like this was going to happen. I thought that nobody cared about me anymore. I was dreaming of a sly Christmas. I thought my friends had passed me by. Why, you know, Costello, that you're one fellow that we all think <laughs> You are loved by both the kids and old folks. Though you have whiskers on your jokes. <laughs> May your life be merry.
and Lou with the final word. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, wait a minute. I, uh, hey, Abbott, wait a minute. I don't see that guy here that always yells, No, no, not that. You know, oh, hey, Costello, I, I didn't want to spoil oh. the Christmas spirit on your show tonight. Oh, that's awfully sweet of you. I also want to thank you for that lovely present you sent me. That's hmm? the best game I ever played. Game? I didn't send you any game. I sent you an autographed picture of myself. How do you like that? My wife and I sat up all night trying to pin a tail on it. <laughs> Good night, folks. A Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas to everybody. And don't forget to buy another Victory Bond at your local theater. Merry Christmas to everybody in Patterson, New Jersey. The Abbott and Costello Show will be back at the very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood. Wishing you all a pleasant. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Okay. Did you like that one, folks? I sure I did. did. <laughs> you didn't? I did. Oh, yeah, I thought you... Because <laughs> I thought you said you hoped I had some. <laughs> some more. <laughs> but uh, the next one that we're going to do for you is... I just love these guys, Amos and Andy. And... Um, They've got several Christmas shows that they do, but the one that I picked is uh, their annual Christmas show. And um, so I have fun with it. Andy, did you hear that? Come on, will you? Did I hear what? That whistle. That's the Rinso White whistle. And Rinso means us. That's right. Rinso gets clothes Rinso White. And Rinso presents the Amos and Andy Show with their guests for tonight, the Paul Taylor Chorus. It's practically Christmas, and all through the house, the youngsters are helping with everything, even the dishes. <laughs> but unfortunately for Mom, that state of affairs won't last very long. She'll soon be facing a sink piled high with Christmas dinner dishes and not a helping hand in sight. Of course, Mom knows she can depend on Rinso to make quick work of the biggest pile of dishes. Why, ladies, you just fill your dishpan full of those soapy-rich Rinso suds and watch the heavy grease and sticky food particles scoot. In next to no time, every dish is bright and shining. And ladies, Rinso's easy on your hands, too. So don't take chances. Use Rinso. And now, here are Amos and Andy and their guests, the Paul Taylor Chorus. It's the Saturday before Christmas. The morning crowds are milling about Lenox Avenue in Harlem doing their last-minute shopping. Andy is out with Amos's little girl, Arbidella, on their annual Christmas tour of the department store windows. Right now, they're looking at a little doll in one of the windows. Yeah, that show is a pretty doll, Arbidella. Yes, that's the one I wrote and asked Santa Claus to bring me. 
Daddy said I wrote the letter too late. You see, I only wrote it two days ago. Yeah, well, that ain't giving Santa Claus much time. You gotta write him before that. Isn't she pretty, though, Uncle Andy? Yeah. Daddy said Santa Claus would bring her to me next Christmas. Oh, sure. You see, that'll give him more time. We're having a good time today, ain't we, Uncle Andy? Mm. I like being out with you. Yeah, and I like being out with you, too, Arbadella. But I guess we'd better be getting on home now. Do you think Mommy and Daddy will be home yet? Oh, yeah. They say they'd be home at 12. Uncle Andy, let me just look at the doll once more. Oh, sure, honey. She's beautiful. She's a talking doll, too. Yeah, they're the best ones, all right. That's sure the pretty dress you've got on. But when Santa Claus brings her to me next year, I'm going to make a lot more pretty dresses. Hmm. Pink ones. I can hardly wait till next Christmas. Miss Andy, you sure got a lot of Christmas presents, Dan. Yeah, Lightning. I want to get them all wrapped up now, too, so I ain't got to do it this afternoon or tonight. Yeah, well, what is that one you got there? Perfume? Yeah, for one of my girlfriends. You know, Sadie Blake. Yeah, but yeah. she likes that sweet-smelling stuff already, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, she ought to. This is genuine imported French perfume. Yeah. Uh-oh, look at this. They done left the price on there. <laughs> 25 cents. <laughs> hey, you got a pencil lightning? Uh, yeah, sir, but I ain't got no rubber on the end of it. Well, I don't care about no rubber. I just want to put two in front of that and make it two and a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> You see, Lightning, if Sadie don't like the perfume, she'll be crazy about the price. Yeah, well, uh, what you got in this package here, Miss Andy? Oh, them are some handkerchiefs that I'm going to give to that other gal friend of mine, Evelyn Bennett. Uh, but wait a minute, Miss Andy. Uh, these has got a C broidered up in the corner. Yeah, well, last year I was going to give them to that gal Carmen that I was going with, but we done busted up two days before Christmas. Now, well, with the letter C on there, I don't see how you can give them to Evelyn Bennett. Yeah, well, I thought of that. So for the last three weeks, I've been calling her Cookie. Uh, look here, here come the King's Lease and Henry Van Porter. Yeah, come in, fellas, come in. Well, hello there, Lena. Hello, Andy. Merry Christmas, fellas. Noel, Noel, and all that stuff. That's a charming new tie. A charming Yuletide to you, gentlemen. A charming Yuletide. Yeah, charming Yuletide to you, too, Henry. Yeah, well, see you wrapping all your Christmas presents here, Andy. Uh, Any time that you want me to turn my back and not look, just say the word. <laughs> Well, listen, I ain't bought you a present, Kingfish. Oh, you ain't got around to that yet, huh? Well, don't worry about it, Brother Andy. You got time. You know, uh, my wife and me were talking about the same thing just this morning. She said to me, she said, George, do you think that any of your friends is going to give you that bathrobe they got in the corner window at the Globe Department store? I said, honey, you mean the blue one with the red sash around it, the crazy book? She said, yeah, you know, it's marked uh, three ninety-five. I said, yeah, honey, that's the one size 40. The uh, funny thing, I mean, my wife talk back and forth like that, and, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> yes, well, you could use a new bathrobe, Kingfish. That one you had on yesterday certainly was a mess. Yeah, uh, oh, and by the way, and, uh, I just thought of something. Uh, how big is that door at your boarding house? Door? Why? Well, uh, uh, coming up to see you tomorrow morning with a pretty big package for you. If I can't get it in there, though, I can always take the door off the hinges, can't we? 
Yeah. yeah. Say, this is kind of embarrassing because I have broke and can't afford to buy nothing for you. Well, uh, nothing at all? That's right. Say, uh, what time do you expect to be up there with that big package? Well, on second thought, it might not be as early as I expected, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I'll be there all morning. Uh, well, don't wait for me, though, Andy. See, I got a lot of packages that live might not get around to you till February or March. I don't know what to say. Yeah, well, I know that it was something like that. Oh, uh, move Andy. I've been trying to wrap some of these packages here for you. This is a hard one, all right. Well, what in the world is that? Oh, that's a little toy automobile I done bought for Amos Jr. You wind it up and it scoots around the floor, backs up and does everything. I'll show you. Yeah, let's see that. Now, watch this. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Look at it go. Say, that is the cutest thing I done ever see. Yeah, see the way that thing went around there? Look at that. Well, look at this, will you? It's even got a license number on it. Yeah, let me have it, uh, Henry. Uh, I want to see if I can shoot it around the floor again. Here. But I can wind it myself, yeah, well, well, let me do it, Henry. I asked for it. Yes, but I picked it up first. Well, now, don't break it, fellas. Well, Andy, can't I be the one to work it? Kingfish, I'm going to work it. Now, let's not be childish about this. All right, all right. Uh, but I'm next on the thing. Well, uh, I'm going to put it back in the box now before it gets broke. And I got a lot of things to do around here, too. You children better run along home now. Hey, uh, by the way, Andy, you're coming over to the gatherings at Lloyd's Hall this afternoon, ain't you? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, you know, all the boys are getting together. Christmas spirit, refreshments, slapping everybody on the back and all that stuff, you know. Yes, the whole gang is going to be there. I'll see you there, Andy. Okay, so long, fellas. Yeah, well, so long. Merry Christmas. Goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Well, I was wrapping this package of colored crayons that you bought for Arbidella, Miss Andy. Yeah, go ahead, wrap that. As a, must I rub out the ten cents, or must I just put a one dollar in front of it? Oh, rub it out. This ain't much of a gift to give a kid, is it? And those, uh... Well, it ain't bad, Miss Andy. Yeah, but she might not even like crayons. Yeah, well, she might and she might not. After all, you don't know what Miss Amos' daughter likes. Well, the funny part of it is, Lightning, I do know what she likes. Ah, well, even if you do, that don't make no difference because you was broke. You ain't got enough money to buy nothing more. Yeah, that's what's troubling me. I is broke. Say, Lightning, what time is it? Uh, it's nearly one o'clock. Yeah. Say, I'm going to leave. I'll see you later. You want to see me? Uh, yes, uh, I guess so. Uh, is you the gentleman to do the hiring here for the store? That's right. My name is Simmons. Yeah, well, I was wondering if you need any extra sales help for the last-minute rush this afternoon. I would work hard. Well, we did need extra help up until yesterday, but uh, I think we can get through the rest of the day with the salespeople we have. Oh. Well, thank you just the same, Mr. Oh, uh, wait, just a minute. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Maybe you can do it. Uh, what's that? Well, one of our Santa Claus's helpers was called home. You see, his wife was taken ill suddenly, and we could use somebody to take his place. You think you could do it? Uh, be Santa Claus's helper? That's right. Yeah, well, I ain't never done that before. Well, sure, I can do it. Fine. Now, if you'll come down to the fourth floor, I'll give you your Santa Claus suit and tell you just what you're supposed to do. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, 
Well, Mr. Brown, that Santa Claus suit seems to fit you as well as the man who worked here before. Yeah. Uh, help me button the thing up, will you, Mr. Simmons? A little snug right here. Yes, as I see. Eh? Got that pillar in there just right. That ain't no pillar, that's me. <laughs> well, I think you better hurry and finish putting on your costume, Mr. Brown. <clears throat> I want you to get out in the toy department with the children. Yeah, well... I guess the next thing to do is to get these boots on here. I'll sit down here and try to get in them. I'll pull them on here. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Uh, Mr. Simmons, uh, you got any of that sliding powder by any chance? Why? What's the matter? The dogs is too big for the house. <laughs> uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got one in. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> here goes the other one. <clears throat> There we is. Feet, you was wrapped up plenty tight today. Well, that's fine. Now just put on these whiskers and this hat and you're all set. Yes, okay. Now, what must I do, Mrs. Simmons, when I gets out there? Well, Santa Claus's chair is right over at the far end of the toy department. Now, I want you to listen to the little children while they tell you what they would like for Christmas. And then assure them that Santa Claus will get their message. Yes, sir. And the idea is that Santa Claus would have a pretty tough time of it handling everything himself if he didn't have you helpers. I think you understand what I mean. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. I understand all right. And uh, if you run into any difficulties of any sort, just call the floor walker. All right, Sonny, you was next. Come right up here now and sit on Santa Claus's lap. That's the boy. Now, tell Santa Claus, what do you want for Christmas? I want a G-Man badge and a gun. A G-Man badge and a gun? Yeah, well, what's your name, son? Oliver Griffith. Oliver Griffith? Well, is you done been a good boy all year, Oliver? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, I could have seen that without even asking. You was a nice little fella. I bet you drinks up all your milk at every meal, don't you? No, I don't. Uh, you don't? No. Well, you drink part of it, though, don't you? I don't drink none of it. Mm, none of it, huh? No. Oh, floor walker, can you come over here? If that guy's bring me the G-Man badge and the gun, I'll drink my milk. Oh, yeah, well, never mind, floor walker. Oh, that's a good little boy, Oliver. Now, you just hang up your stocking and everything's going to be all right. Oh, thank you, Santa Claus. Come on, Oliver. Mm. Am I next? Yeah, you is next. My, what a nice little girl. Sit right here on my knee. Now, tell me, what is your name? Henrietta Lewis. Hmm, that's a pretty name, too. And that's a pretty little dress you got on there. Well, Mama made it for me. See the ribbon? Yeah, that's good, all right. Henrietta, you was one of the sweetest little girls I don't ever see. Now, tell me, what do you want for Christmas? A football. <laughs> a football? Yes, and a two-chest and a drum. Two-chest. Well, what do a little girl like you want with them things? Oh, I don't want them for myself. Oh. Oh, well, who does you want him for? My little brother. Your brother? Yes. You see, he's sick in bed, and he couldn't come down here, and I don't want you to forget him. Oh, well, that show is sweet of you, Henrietta. And I can tell you right now that Santa Claus is going to take care of him. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, honey. Merry... Hey, quit shoving. I'm next. Yeah, no fighting there now, boys. No fighting. Take it easy. I tried to push in ahead of me. I'm next, ain't I, Santa Claus? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, sonny, uh... What's your name? Percy Carter. Percy. Percy, huh? Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? I want a 
a machine gun. Do I get it? Uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do about it and all that stuff. I want a wallet, too, with a picture of Puffy Bogart in it. Yeah, well, I'll work on that, too. Who's next? Wait a minute, Santa Claus. I ain't through yet. I want to ask you something. Yeah, well, 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 what is it, Percy? Last year, I asked you for a pair of skates, and I didn't get them. What goes? Well, (laughs) well, uh, you got a lot of other stuff, though, didn't you? Yeah, I got a necktie, some socks, and a couple of handkerchiefs. But who wants that stuff? Ah, well, better luck this year. All right, who's next? Wait a minute. I got more stuff to ask you. In that workshop up north where Santa Claus makes all his toys? Yeah. What kind of country is that? Country? Well, it's it's just uh, nothing but ice and snow and uh, snow and ice. All stuff like that. No trees or nothing? No, just ice and snow. Then where does Santa Claus get the apples and oranges he puts in the stockings every Christmas? Uh, 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 Old floor walker. Yeah, all right, all right. Thank you, son. Who's next? I am, Santa oh, Claus. Oh, step right up, Sonny. Step yes, right sir. up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And what's your name? Jimmy Watson. And what a is it? A baseball glove, a punchy bag, a watercolor set, a ring toss, a fountain pen, a Mickey Mouse switch watch, a cowboy suit, a telegraph set, a bicycle bell, a flashlight, and a baby sister. <laughs> uh, is that all you want? That's all I can think of right now. look a little worn out, Mr. Brown. Oh, yes, uh, yes, sir. I is a little tired. I never talked to so many kids in all my life. But you know something? Today is really cute, though, you know it. Well, you did very well. All the children seemed very happy, and the parents were just standing there beaming. Yes, sir, yes, I see that. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, we certainly appreciated having you here this afternoon. Yes, sir. Well, tell you the truth, I enjoyed it, too. And, of course... You know I've done it for a special reason. Yes, and here it is, Mr. Brown. I had the stock boy take it out of the window. The talking doll. Well, Andy has been well rewarded in his effort to get a Christmas present for Amos' little girl. We'll hear more about it in just a moment. You know, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without holly wreaths and Christmas trees and little dinner table scenes like this one. Oh, boy! Turkey! Oh, I want the drumstick! Oh, Tommy, you're going to upset the gravy bowl. Oh, Tommy, you've got gravy all over your shirt. (laughs) Well, Tommy's shirt will be a real contribution to the family wash this time, to say nothing of the tablecloth. But uh, does that bother his mother? Well, Tommy's shirt is certainly not very pretty. But with Rinso in the wash tap, it will come out like magic. Yes, you see, ladies, Rinso soaks clothes clean in as little as ten minutes. Just a few quick finger rubs wherever the dirt's a little stubborn and rinse. All your washable colors come spotlessly, Rinso bright, safely, even after dozens of washings. And, of course, Rinso gets your whitewash. Rinso white. Because those peppy, rich suds get out more dirt. So make every wash day a rinse wash day, and you'll whistle while you work. And now, back to the Amos and Andy show and their guests, 
the Paul Taylor Chorus. Well, it's Christmas Eve. Andy has just arrived at Amos's with an arm full of packages. Well, come in, son, come in. You look like Santa Claus there with all that stuff. Yeah, how is you, boy? How is you? Say, that tree looks good. Yeah, pretty, ain't it, Anna? Sure is. Wait a minute. Let me lay these packages down here on the sofa. Yeah, tell me this. You making the rounds now, huh? Oh, yeah, making the rounds, spreading good cheer and all that stuff, yeah. Boy, that is a pretty tree. You got a lot of lights on there, too. Uh, yeah, we've we been saving them for two, three years. You know, they're pretty hard to get now. Oh, sure. I we, we just decorated that tonight. Uh, uh, Reuben and Mama are going out to take a few things to some poor people they hear about here in town. They'll be gone for about an hour. Oh, yeah, I see. I uh, say, Andy, uh, why wasn't you over with all the fellas at the large hall yesterday? Uh, for who, me? Uh, I, I, well, uh, hmm, I must have clean forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Amos, uh, I'll leave these packages right here. Uh, all of them? Oh, sure. Here's one for Ruby. Here's one for Mama. Here's one for you. And there's a little toy automobile for your baby. Oh, gee, Andy. And here's a package for Abadella. And listen, Amos. Now, what's that? Be sure and tell her that this one is from Santa Claus. Oh, gee, that's a nice-looking package there for her, all right. Oh, just a little something I picked up. Nothing. Oh, gee, you certainly is a Santa Claus this year, and I ain't never seen a Santa Claus like this. Yeah, well, don't forget, I seen a lot of stuff over at my place from your house. Yeah, well, like I told you, and it ain't much, but we wanted you to know that we love you and we're thinking about you. Oh, well, Amos, I feel better this year than I ever felt. Uh, by the way, uh, when are you going to open up your packages? Oh, the kids get up early, and we all get up and start early Christmas morning. And now, don't forget, too, you promised us this morning that you be here for Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, I sure will. That's nice of you, too, because the other two I was thinking on going to didn't work out so good. No, it didn't, huh? No. Yeah, well, we want you here, Anna, so you count on it. Yeah, well, that's swell, that's swell. Well, I got to get going, son. I got to run around, drop in on two, three people, say hello to them. Yeah, well, okay, son, and I'll see you tomorrow. And thanks a lot for the present. The show was nice of you, Anna. Oh, nothing's all, nothing's all. And say Merry Christmas to Ruby and her mama for me and the kids. Yes, I will, Andy. I'm going on back with Arbadella now. Yeah, well, so long, Amos. So long, Andy, so long. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Lord, well, honey, you was all in bed, ain't you? Daddy, can I turn on the little radio for a minute before I go to sleep? Yeah, well, just for a minute or two, I'll snap it on for you. There you is. Now we let it warm up a few seconds. We don't want to wake up baby. Oh, music never wakes him up, Daddy. Yeah, well, now, let me straighten your covers out a little, honey. Tell me this, uh, did you said your prayers? Mommy said my prayers before she went out, Daddy. Yeah, well, that's The good. Paul Taylor Chorus continues with the Lord's Prayer. Well, now, get under the covers. Daddy, could you get some Christmas music on the radio? Why, darling, this is the very best Christmas music you could get. Uh, they're going to sing the Lord's Prayer. I've been saying the Lord's Prayer with Mommy. She's been teaching it to me. Yeah, I know she is. What does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? 
Well, it means an awful lot, and with the world like it is today, it seems to have a bigger meaning than ever before. So what does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? The Lord's Prayer? Well, darling, I'll explain it to you. Well, will you, Daddy? Yeah, now, you lay down there, that's right, and listen. Now, the first line of the Lord's Prayer is this. Our Father, which art in heaven, that means Father of all that is good, where no wrong can ever dwell. Then it says, Hallowed be thy name. That means, darling, that we should love and respect all that is good. And then it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. That means, darling, as we clean our hearts of all hate and selfishness and fill our hearts with love, the good, the true, and the beautiful, then this earth where we are now will be just like heaven. That would be wonderful, Daddy. Then it says after that, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, that means, honey, to feed our hearts and minds with kindness, love, and courage, which will make us strong for our daily task. And after that, the next line of the Lord's Prayer is this, honey. Mm -hmm. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you remember the golden rule? Yes, sir. Well, that means that we must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want others to do unto us. And then it says after that, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, that means, my darling, to ask God to help us do and see and think right so that we will neither be led or tempted by anything in the world that could be bad. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That means, my darling, that all the world and everything is in it belongs to God's kingdom. Everything. Your mommy, your daddy, your little brother, your grandma, you and everybody. And as we know that, and act as if we do know it, my darling, that is the real spirit of Christmas. That's good, Daddy. Well, now, I guess we ought to cut off the radio and let you go to sleep. Good night, Daddy. Good night, sweetheart. Daddy, will you leave the radio on while I go to sleep? All right, I'll leave it on, and you can listen to some Christmas music.
comic book days. Do they even do comic books nowadays? Yeah, they do. Uh, oh, okay. My no ex- one will ever get rid of paper books. <laughs> At uh, least I hope not. <laughs> well, you know, I never was able to read comic books, so I didn't know if they were still in existence or not. Well, they're uh, digital now, but they do have a paper version. Hmm. Um, but Anyway, this show, um, Archie Andrews, uh, 
he was a comic book character. And, uh, but in the 70s, they made a TV show from him. But this is his radio show. And, um, well, there's a it's TV called... show now called Riverdale. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, um, it's completely described, and I believe it's on, uh, all the popular streaming services. I'll have to talk to you about that later because I'm not on any of them except. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, it's it's called Christmas shopping, and they have all kind of things going on while they're trying to Christmas shop for this one and that one and little com- confusion and so on. So. I think Victor will like it. I hope y'all do. <laughs> Hi, Archie. What do you want? Come on out right away, Jughead. It's a matter of life or death. Youngster millions of readers of Archie Comics magazine know and love so well. Brought to you by Swift and Company, makers of Swift Premium Science and Swift Swiftfield Sausage. Archie Andrews, all is gang. Listen. Hear that, folks? You're listening to the actual sound of two delicious links of Swiss Brookfield sausage sizzling in the skillet. A sound that's an appetizing invitation to enjoy America's favorite pork sausage, Swift's Brookfield sausage. In these days when everyone is conscious of making food go further, Swift's Brookfield sausage makes an ideal meat. For Swift's Brookfield sausage is all meat, and you eat every delicious bit on your plate. Cook it slowly for best results. You'll enjoy every tasty bite of it made of carefully selected pure fresh pork cuts that are extra tender and delicious. Swift's Brookfield Sausage is then seasoned with rare, delicate spices that give you just the right blend of delicacy and zest you want. Not too spicy, not too mild. Swift's Brookfield Sausage is the sausage with the just right seasoning. It's just good reasoning to get the sausage with the just right seasoning. Now for our weekly visit to Riverdale. It's Saturday afternoon as we're looking on the Andrews home, and at the moment we find Mr. Andrews alone in the living room, sitting in his favorite armchair, reading the newspaper. I'm scolding my little son for reaching the cake. I said he would have to be more mannerly if he asked someone to pass the cake to him. He, he replied, oh, mommy, what does manners get you? <laughs> Every time daddy gets polite in the train or bus, it costs him his seat. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, dear. Telephone's ringing. Yeah, I hear it. Well, answer it. Well, Mary, I'm reading my... Yes, dear, I'll answer it. Oh, Mungo Fine Singer. Hello? Hello, Mr. Andrews? Uh, yes. This is Veronica. Is Archie home? Oh, hello, Veronica. Yes, Archie's home. Did you want to talk to him? No, I don't. No, all right, I'll call it. Oh, you don't? That's right. I thought you just gave him a message 
Oh, of course, Veronica. What is it? Well, Archie was supposed to come over here this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Yes? But ask him to make it 4 o'clock instead. 4 o'clock instead. I'm going down to Stacy's department store to do some Christmas shopping this afternoon. This is about the last chance I'll have. All right, Veronica. I'll tell him. All right, Veronica, I'll tell him. Thanks ever so much for dangerous. Bye. Bye. George, it's a good thing Veronica called. I'd forgotten all about Christmas shopping, and I still don't have this for Mary Hardy. But put my hat and get down to Stacy's right now. This is the last chance I'll have. Oh, fine. Chris. Yes, dear. I hear it, dear. I hear it. Oh, all right, dear. All right, dear. All right. I never have a chance to. Oh, good grief. Jughead. What'd you expect? Jersey Joe Wilcox? <laughs> no, Jughead, and I don't want to fight with you either. I'm in a hurry. I... Oh, gee, hiya, Jug. What are you doing here? Oh, hi, Archie. I came over to see what you're doing. Well, I was... Oh, just... Archie, Veronica just called. She and... was, she did? Yes, Archie, she did. And she Gee, said... I never heard the phone ring. Well, it's fine. And well, Veronica... why didn't you tell me? Archie. Yes, Dad? Do you care to hear what Veronica said or not? Well, sure, Dad, sure. Then be quiet and I'll tell you. Okay, Dad, okay. She said to, uh, to, uh... Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. She said to change your appointment with her from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. From 3 to 4? Yes, an hour later. She was? I wonder why. Well, she had some things to attend to, and I'm going out. I'll see you later. Yeah, okay, Dad. Goodbye. Bye, Mr. Andrews. She was? That's great. Huh? Well, now that Veronica's made our date an hour later, I have time to get my Christmas shopping done. But I... This is practically the last chance I'll have. But it's I... a good thing I thought of it. But I... I haven't bought a thing for anyone yet. Including me? Including you. Archie, it's time you did your Christmas shopping. <laughs> That's right, Jug. Come on, we'll go right down to Stacy. Oh, what are you going to get me, huh? Jug, you'll just have... Chris, telephone's ringing. Chris? When I call, I think that... Well, that's funny. She's gone. Oh, for pity's sake. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Andrews. This is Betty. Oh, hello, dear. How are you? Fine, thanks, Mrs. Andrews. Uh, is Archie home? Yes, dear. I think he's upstairs. Uh, Archie! Archie! That's funny. He must have gone out, too. I wish people would tell me when they're going out. Um, hello, Betty. Yes, Mrs. Andrews? Archie doesn't seem to be home, dear. Oh. No, dear. And, Betty, I hate to cut you short, but I have to run now. I'm just leaving to do my Christmas shopping. Oh, golly, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mrs. Andrews. I haven't done my shopping yet, either. Oh, you haven't? Well, would you like to go with me, dear? Oh, I'd love to, Mrs. Andrews. All right. I'll pick you up right away, and we'll go down to Stacy's. <laughs> such crowds. Yes, Jughead, but when we got in that elevator and everyone started pushing, did you have to push back? Listen, Archie, in that crowd, even a sardine would have pushed back. Well, never mind. We're here now, and the first thing I want to buy is a compact for Veronica. I wonder where the cosmetic department is. Cosmetic department? Yeah. Here is, Archie. Let's go up to the toy department first. Jug, I told you we'll go up to the toy department later. Now, come on. I'll ask that floor walker where the cosmetic department is. Gee whiz. Okay. Oh, mister. Yes, yes. Could you tell me where the cosmetic department is, please? Yes, counter seven. Thank you. Come on, Jug. Where is it? Counter seven. Where's that? Gee, I don't know. 
Oh, mister. Yes? Where is counter seven? On the north side of counter six. Oh, thank you. I'll just... Mister? Well, what now? Which way is north? Oh, my land. Sonny, you see the boys' clothing department right there? Yes. Well, go right down on that aisle where the dummies are and turn right. Oh, okay, mister. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Yes, madam. Can I help you? Where do you say it is, Archie? Right down at the next aisle, Jug. Come on. Oh, okay. And boy, he's sure not a very friendly floor walker. Maybe his wife beats him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I... Ooh, what was that? You bumped into that dummy. Oh, gee whiz, I knocked the hat off. For a minute, I thought that dummy was a real person. Wait a second, Jug, till I put the hat back on. Okay. If that floor walker ever saw me fooling around this dummy, he'd probably throw us out of the store or something. Gee whiz. What's the matter? There's Veronica. Veronica? Oh, gee whiz, I don't want her to see me here. She's coming right towards us. Oh, boy. Jug, I'm going to be a dummy. Huh? I'm going to climb up on this platform with the rest of these dummies, and, and I'll wear this hat. But, Archie, oh, you Judge, can't don't do Don't argue. Don't argue. Here. How do I look? <laughs> You're the most natural-looking dummy I ever saw. Don't be funny, Jug, and put that price tag on me quick. Okay. Here. boy. now remember, don't give me away no matter what happens. Well, okay, Bush. What you're here? Oh. Hi, Veronica. What y'all doing here? Ooh. Just a little shopping. Oh, I am, too. Thank goodness I have most of it done. Oh, that's good. Only thing I still have to get is a gift for Archie. Archie? Uh-huh. I don't know what to get him. He's such a problem. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. I can't get him a book or anything because he's not the intelligent type. <laughs> I can't get him a baseball glove or anything because he's not much of an athlete. <laughs> can't get him a tie or anything because he just doesn't know anything about style. <laughs> In fact... Sometimes I think Archie is an awful dummy. <coughs> but then again, with prices being what they are, there isn't very much you can get for a dollar. <laughs> Did you say something, Jughead? Me? Not a word, Veronica, not a word. Oh, well, I'd better go get some more shopping done. Would you like to come along? Oh, I... Uh, no, Veronica, I can't. I'm meeting someone here in a minute. Oh, well, I'll run along then. Bye now, Jackie. Bye, Veronica. Bye. Okay, dummy, you can relax now. A fine thing, a fine thing. Jughead, help me down off this platform. I just... He was not now. Huh? Here comes a floor walker. Oh, boy. I better be a dummy some more. Yes, madam. You can return at any time. Yes, madam. Oh, me. Never have I seen such a rush. Never in all my... Land's sake. Who put that dummy here? Oh, boy. Oh, if that isn't the silliest-looking dummy I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why that stockroom can't stand one that looks at least half alive. I have never seen one with such an insipid expression. <laughs> and such a ridiculous posture. Uh, uh, mister. Yes? I'm... I'm not really a dummy. That makes absolutely no difference. <laughs> they still shouldn't... Oh, good heavens, you're alive. Uh-huh. Oh, for pity's sake. Young man, come down off there. Yes, sir. Well, just what were you doing on that platform, looking like a dummy? Well, that's a long story, sir. You see, oh, I was... Oh, good I... heavens, young man. Will you do me a favor? Yes, sir. As soon as you've paid for that jacket, leave the store. Huh? I said as soon as you've finished buying that jacket... This jacket? 
Yes, that jacket with the price tag on it. You're buying it, aren't you? But this is my jacket. Your jacket. Hmm. Do you have the sales slip? Well, no. I bought it here last year. <laughs> and you haven't removed the price tag yet? Removed the... Pr- oh, mister, you don't understand. Young I, man, I, I understand perfectly. The price is fourteen ninety-five, and I want it right now. Oh, but mister... Now, I, I said. But you don't understand. This is my own jacket. No fooling. Jughead, tell the man this is my jacket and... J- j- Jughead? Young man, are you calling me names? Oh. No, 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 sir. I, I was talking to my friend. What friend? Well, that's just it. He, he was here a minute ago. He was. I, I bet he went up to the toy department. Mister, if you'd just come up to the toy department, we can find my friend and he'll tell Young you Young man, that I am not going I... up to the toy department or anywhere else until I have the $14.95 for that jacket. But that's all the money I have and I, I just... Oh, wait a minute. Beg pardon? I know. Mister... If I paid you for this jacket, you'd give me a sales slip, and then I could take it over to the exchange department and get my money back, couldn't I? Yes, you like. Oh, well, in that case, it's all right. I haven't anything to worry about. Here's the money. Yeah, thank you. And here's your sales slip. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Good day, sir. Good day. <laughs> Guess I fooled him. Yes, sir. It's a good thing I think fast. For a minute there, it looked like I wouldn't have any Christmas money. But now all I have to do is take this coat and, and go to the exchange counter and give them this jacket, and then I'll... Gee whiz. If I do, I won't have any jacket left. Oh, boy, how do I get into these things? <laughs> Let's see. First thing I better do is get that bottle of perfume for Mary. Ah, here's the perfume counter right here. Let's see now. What kind should I get her? Well, they certainly have quite an assortment. <laughs> Chase me. $25. Hide and seek. $32. Wallflower, no more. $40. Hmm. I never smell anything worth that kind of money. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Evening in Riverdale. Ten dollars. Well, that's a little better. <laughs> I think Mary likes this perfume. That's just what I'll get her. Oh, miss, uh, I'll take this bottle. Hey, miss, Mr. Well, Jughead, hello. What are you doing here? Oh, hello, Sanders. I'm looking for Archie. I thought you were with Archie. Well, I was, but he just... Well, I'm trying to get one of these sales girls to wait on me here, but they're all so busy. She I wins. Guess. Well, what's the matter? There's Mrs. Andrews. Mary? Where? Right over there. Oh, good grief. If she sees me with this bottle of perfume, she'll know what I'm getting her for Christmas. She's coming this way. Yes, I know. I see her. I'll just duck the bottle in my pocket. There, right in this pocket. Now she sees me. Just a I... moment, please. Yeah? I saw that. Saw what? Oh. 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 Oh, now, mister, you don't understand. You don't understand oh, at all. Oh, I, I don't, don't I? No, you... Did you or did you not just hide a bottle of perfume in your pocket? Well, yes, but... Have you paid for it? Well, no, but... Well, I don't know what you call it, but we call it shoplifting. Yes, of course, it's... Shoplifting? Oh, now, wait a minute, mister. I can explain. I can explain the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I... I'm listening. Well, you, you see, I've been trying to get one of the sales girls to wait on me, and I, I just saw my wife over there, and I hid the bottle because I didn't want her to know what I'm getting her for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just where is your wife? Well, she was right over... over, over... Oh, good heaven, she's gone. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, but she was right there. Jughead, tell the man how we saw my wife. Well, now, where did he go to? Who? Jughead. He was standing right here just a second ago. 
I don't know where you... Mister. Huh? Do you imagine these things very often? Imagine what? Do you have delusions? But I fell. Oh, you but I just... before your eyes. Now, keep calm. Keep calm. No need to get excited. Just give me back the perfume and we'll forget the whole thing and you can go right home and lie down. Lie down? But who wants the to lie... The perfume, please. I... Yes, sir. I have it right in my... 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 Oh. Something wrong? Uh-huh. It leaked. What leaked? Perfume bottle. It leaked all over my pocket. See, it's half empty. Oh, for land's sake. Now you'll have to pay for it. What? That's right. I was going to forget the whole incident, but I can't return a damaged bottle to the counter. Well, I'm certainly not going to pay for a leaky bottle of perfume. Mister, if you're not satisfied with the item, you can take it to the exchange department, but I must be paid for it. But... I said I must. Oh, me. You win. I'll go to the exchange department, but how I get into these things, I'll never know. Which bathrobe do you like best, Betty? Mm, the dark blue one, I think. Well, I do, too. Blue is Aunt Hattie's favorite color. Oh, but is it her size, Mrs. Andrews? Well, there's only one way to tell, Betty. I'll have to try it on. Try it on? Uh-huh. I wear the same size that Aunt Hattie does, and if it fits me, it'll fit her. Uh, here, hold my coat, dear, while I step into this dressing room and put this bathrobe on. Oh, all right, Mrs. Andrews. It'll just take me a second, dear. I'd hate to go to all the trouble of buying this and sending it to Hattie and then not have it fit. Uh-huh. Then I'd only have to return it for her since she lives out of... Oh, dear. What is it? There's no hanger in here for my dress. Oh, well, hand it to me, Mrs. Andrews. I'll hold it. All right, dear. Here you are. Uh, I have it. Oh, thank you, dear. I'll have this robe on in just a minute. There. Oh, how's it look, Betty? Uh, well, it looks a little big to me. It does? Well, I'd better take a look in this mirror. I... Oh, Betty, you don't have to hold my coat and dress. Just put them on that empty rack. Oh, all right, Mrs. Andrews. Now, let's see. Hmm. Yes, it is a little big. Yes, it is. I I'll have to ask the sales girl if she has a smaller size. You wait here, Betty. Oh, what, uh, Miss? Miss, do you have She with Betty. Jughead, what are you doing here? Looking for Archie. Archie, is he here? Well, I think so. We came here together, but we got separated. Oh, well, where'd you see him last? On the dummy platform. What? Well, you see, he was being a dummy. What? A dummy. You know, the kind that looks like this. Jug, what are you talking about? Excuse me, miss. I've got to move this rack. What? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Mo, get the other end now. Uh, easy now. Easy. Hold on. Jughead, what are you trying to tell me about Archie? Betty, it's an awful long story. All I want to know is, have you seen him? No, I haven't. Well, then I better keep looking. He may be in trouble. What kind of trouble? I can't tell you now, Betty. See you later. Bye. But, Jug, wait, Jug. Oh, golly, that Jughead, he's the strangest Betty, person. how do you like this bathrobe? Oh, that's fine, Mrs. Andrews, but I just... This size does fit much better, doesn't it, dear? Yes, Mrs. Andrews, but I, I just... Betty! What happened to it? What happened to what? The rack. What rack? The rack you put my dress on. Oh, golly, I don't know. But my dress, my dress and coat were on it. Oh, golly, it was here a minute ago. My dress? But, Betty, what'll I do? Something wrong, madam? Uh, yes, I lost my dress. I beg you. I beg your pardon? My dress. We put it down here for a minute while I tried on this bathrobe, and now it's gone. The bathrobe? No, the dress. But it couldn't be. But it is, isn't it, Betty? Oh, yes, indeed, Mrs. Andrews. Oh, oh my land, I have never seen such a day. Living dummies, men hiding from their wives, and now this woman loses her dress. But I tell you, it was right under my nose. I should hope so. 
Do something. Do something. Madam, what can I do about your dress? Find it. No, madam, be calm, be calm. It was probably taken by mistake, and it'll be turned into the lost and found department. Well, where's that? At the other end of the floor next to the exchange department. Come on, Betty. Madam, where are you going? To the lost and found department. But, madam, certainly not in our bathrobe. Oh, certainly not without it. Come on, Betty, we'll go see if they have my dress. How these things happen to me, I'll never know. Archie. Yes, Judge. Now can I tell you who I met? Yes, Judge. Well, first I ran into... Archie, what in tarnation are you doing here? She was Dad. Where'd you come from? Never mind where I came from, but... Archie, what are you doing standing here in your shirt sleeves? Well, Dad, I can explain. You see, I came over... What are you doing here? Mary, what are you doing in your bathrobe? Oh, it's not my bathrobe. Fred Andrews, you smell. (laughs) What? You positively reek of perfume. Oh. No. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do, don't I? (laughs) Well, uh... You see, dear, I... What are you doing here? Uh, Veronica. Judge Head, why did you tell me Archie was here? Well, Veronica, I... What seems to be the trouble here? Oh, the floor walker. Mister, I'm trying to find out why my son is standing here in his shirt sleeves. Uh, and please, there's no need to get... And the... I want to know why you smell a perfume. Lady, I... And what are you doing in that bathroom? Mister, please, please don't... I was change my own coat. Why did you get here, Archie? Girlie, what do you want to do? I That's better. Now listen to me, all of you. This nonsense has gone far enough. Too far, in fact. Yes, yes, Mr. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. It certainly has. But what? all afternoon, you people have made my life quite miserable for me. Quite miserable. Yes, yes sir. sir. Now, if there's any reason for it, I feel I'm entitled to an explanation. Well, mister, you know the coat, the one you thought I was buying? Yes. Well, my mother and father and Jughead and Veronica can all identify it as my old coat. Well, that's... of course that's Archie's coat. Oh, I, I know that's his coat. Oh, dear. You mean it really is? Yes. And maybe you'll recall that you didn't believe my wife was in the store when I hid the perfume bottle in my pocket. Well, yes, I... Well, this is my wife. Oh, how do you do? I'm very sorry. And I just found out that two of your men moved an empty rack while I was talking to Jughead here, didn't they, Jughead? Sure they did. And that was the rack that had my dress and coat on it. Well, Mr. Floorwalker, what do you say to that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. please, 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 please. No tempers, please. No tempers, no tempers. The customer's always right at jail. Stacy's. We'll make amends, make amends. Mistakes will happen, you know. Young man, since that does seem to be your own coat, you may keep it, and I'll give you a cash credit slip for what you paid me. Thank you. And you, sir? Yes? I'll be glad to give you another bottle of perfume. Compliments of the store. Well, that's better. And, madam... I'm sure we can find your dress and coat in the Lawson Town Department, and you may keep that bathrobe at no charge. Well, thank you. I'm here, too. Just shut up. Well, people, uh, that satisfy you? Well, yes, I think that straightens everything out all right. I'm sorry there's been so much misunderstanding. That's uh, quite all right. Quite all right. <clears throat> and now, folks, if everything's settled, let's stop hiding from each other and get this Christmas shopping over and done with once and for all. Yes, yes Mr. Andrews. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. All right. Now, I... What was that? Five o'clock. Thank heavens. Stores closing. 
You folks will all have to come back next Monday. Come back? daily in Swift kitchens from coast to coast, Swift's premium franks are then wrapped in cellophane for extra protection. Ask for them today. You'll find eight to ten of the most delicious franks you ever tasted in each pound package of Swift's premium franks. And while you're at your dealers, look for Swift's premium table-ready meats. Like Swift's premium franks, Swift's premium table-ready meats are economical foods for these days. There's no waste to them because you eat every bit you buy. Another top favorite in these days when every bite counts is Swift's Brookfield Sausage. Made of pure, fresh pork, Swift's Brookfield Sausage is seasoned just right. Not too spicy, not too mild, but just right. Remember, it's just good reasoning. Get the sausage with the just right seasoning. Swift's Brookfield Sausage! Now, back to the Andrews. It's Monday night as we look in on the Andrews home, and the family has just come home from Stacy's department store. Uh, oh, Mary, it certainly is good to be home. Oh, it certainly is. And how? Uh, you know, I, I'm dead. Oh, I am too, dear. I've never seen such a mob. Me too. <sighs> but at least we got all our shopping done. And you know, Mary, if I never set foot in a crowded store again, it'll be too soon. Well, she will. Well, what is it, Archie? This letter from Uncle George. Oh? Uncle George? Uh-huh. He sent us a $50 gift certificate from J.L. Stacy's department store. Oh, no! Oh, You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Jampel, and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Archie was played by Bob Hastings, Jughead with Harlan Stone. Mom and Dad Andrews were played by Alice Orman and Arthur Cole. Veronica and Betty by Gloria Mann and Rosemary Wright. The Four Walker was Ray Hedge. This program was produced and directed by Kenneth McGregor. Listen next Saturday when Swift and Company, makers of Swift Premium Franks and Swift Brookfield Sausage, bring you more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. This is Bob Cherry wishing you a very pleasant weekend. So long. Swift and Company invite you to stay tuned for Meet the Meek, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Next, I have for you um, a program that's taken from Author's Playhouse, and I, I've, I've got to grab some more of these because I really do like them. Um, he had a lot of King Author stuff in in the, uh, I mean, the place where I downloaded it. He had a lot of King Author stuff and and odds and ends in it, but um, this one is called. Um, 
Christmas by injunction and it's uh I forgot. Forgot what? I forgot the, the Christmas show. <laughs> well you just said it, Christmas by injunction. <laughs> yeah, but where it came from. Author's Playhouse. Oh, I did say it. Okay. Yeah, you did. <sighs> I haven't been drinking, I promise. I know. I haven't even taken a nerve pill. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> I did that yesterday. Oh, there you, you know, go. You know okay. how that turned out. Author's Playhouse. Presenting No Henry's imperishable masterpiece, Christmas by Injunction. Arthur's Playhouse, NBC's popular Sunday night dramatic series, brings you radio adaptations of the best in the field of short stories. Selections from the works of those dead and living who were and are acknowledged masters of their craft. To the reader of short stories, O. Henry needs no introduction. No one knew better than he the art of holding his reader in suspense. And then, with the last few words revealing his plot in its entirety, Rachel Lindsay wrote of him... He always worked a triple hinge surprise to end the scene and make one rub his eyes. Tonight's tale of Christmas in the winning camps of the young West is no exception. Author's Playhouse presents O. Henry's Christmas by Injunction. Take this jug along with you, Cherokee. Ain't so much as an air bubble between what's in it and the cord. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. That's right neighborly of it. It's good for snake bite if you get snake bite. Taste of one pies and bite each other, I reckon. <laughs> oh, Cherokee. Oh, yes, Judge. Is there nothing which we, your fellow citizens of Yellowhammer, can say or do to influence you to forsake your plans for departing from our midst? Yeah. Well, I'm a Fear not, Judge. No, my mind's made up. But, Cherokee, you are the, shall I say, the civic father of Yellowhammer. He sure is. It was you who discovered the gold which was responsible for the establishment of our fair city. I reckon that's a fact, Judge. One day when old Betsy here was dining on porch and prickly pear, I turned up that nugget. Mm. Thirty ounces she was. Thirty ounces, eh? Yeah, but what Cherokee done? He didn't hold out on his friends. No. I was up in the Gila country when he got word to me about the strike he made. For me? I was in Santa Fe, as busted as a four-car diamond flush with a club draw to it. <laughs> well, I, too, was financially embarrassed. Only, only temporarily, of course, when the gladsome tidings reached me in El Paso. I was up on the Salt River, flattered in one of Mama Cita Rosa's frijoles. <laughs> you see? See, Cherokee, merely because the fickle goddess turned her back on you for the moment is hardly sufficient cause for you to forsake your friend. Oh, no, Judge, no. When my claim played out, it just played out. 
I'm much more than obliged to all of you for your kind offers made, but grub steak is all I need, and the grub steak's what I got. I reckon I'll prospect up along in the Mariposas. And if I strike it up there, I'll most certainly pass the word along. Yes, sure. Well, thank you, boys. Hey, hey. If your mind's made up, I reckon it's made up, and there's nothing more we can say. But if Lady Luck don't see fit to warm her hands by your campfire up in the Mariposas, don't forget for a single minute you got friends here in Yellowhammer. Friends that's beholden to you. Yes, sir, that's right. Indeed, yes, yes, indeed, Cherokee. I speak for all when I say I hope you will consider Yellowhammer in perpetual debt to you a bed, bacon and eggs, and hot water for shaving. Thank you, gents, thank you. That's more than what you. Well, we better be getting. Move along, Bessie. Hi, Jack. Good luck, snakes, Cherokee. Don't forget, Cherokee. Whatever call you may make upon us, the Yellow Hammer will never forget. It's Romulus and Remus. Uh, What do you make it, Judge? It is now December the 20th, gentlemen. The old year is fast approaching its inevitable descent into the limbo of things that have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Judge. Hey, gents, look who's here. Baldy! He just got in with the mail from Albuquerque, and he's got news of Cherokee. Baldy, you old buzzard, step up and name your poison. Hey, gents, don't mind if I do. Uh, when was it old Cherokee headed out for the Mariposas? Well, latter part of May, seems like. Yeah, that's what I made it. That means Cherokee's been gone one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven months. Gentlemen, gentlemen, let us hear the welcome tidings Baldy brings us of our long-absent friend. The judge is right. Get to talking, Baldy. Well, I'll do that, gents. Well, sir, what do I see in Albuquerque? But Cherokee all embellished and festooned up like the Tsar of Turkey and lavishing money in bulk. Yes, sir. And him and me see the elephant and the owl. Cherokee, he audits all bills, C-O-D. Why, his pockets loaded like, uh, looked like a pool table after a 15-ball run. (laughs) Cherokee must have struck payor. Well, he's a square shot. I'm proud for him. Seems like he'd rambled down to Yellowhammer and set up around for his friends. Seems that way. Gentlemen, gentlemen, let us judge not too hastily, nor harshly. That's right, Judge. I'm coming to that. Boys, Cherokee strikes a three-foot vein up in that Mariposa... That I say is a trip to Europe to the tongue. Oh, yes, sir. And he closes it out to a syndicate for a hundred thousand hasty dollars in cash. Jackie's smart. I've seen them veins pinch out the length of a pick handle. And what do you think? Why, he buys himself a baby sealskin overcoat and a red sled. And what do you reckon he takes into his head to do next? Chuckle up. No. Bought a saloon? No. Got married? No. You gents would never guess in a million years, so I'll tell you. Well... Cherokee took me to a room and showed me. He got that room plumb full of drums and dolls, skates and bags of candy, and jumping jacks and whistles and such infantile trucks. He's went soft-headed. That's what he's done. But pray continue, Baldy. We're all ears. Well, sir, he's a-going to load up in his red sleigh. Uh, now, now, wait a minute. Don't order the drinks yet. He's a-going to drive down here to Yellowhammer and give the kids... 
the kids of this here town, the biggest crying doll and little giant boy's tool chest blowout that was ever seen west of Cape Hatteras. Well, I'm astonished. I'm speechless. Uh, uh, Baldy, didn't you tell him? Well, no, and never exactly seen my way to. Why not? Cherokee had this Christmas mess already bought and paid for, and he was all flattered up with self-esteem over his ideas, so I, I never let on. Uh, I cannot uh, refrain from a certain uh, amount of surprise that our friend Cherokee should possess such an erroneous conception of uh, his, as it were, hometown. Well, Cherokee's been gone from Yellowhammer most seven months. Now, lots of things could happen in that length of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how is he to know there ain't a single kid in this town? And so far as immigration's concerned, unexpected. Come to think, it's funny some ain't drifted in. Well, I reckon a town ain't settled enough yet to bring in the teeth and ring brigade. Yeah, 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 not only that. To top off these Christmas tree splurge of Cherokees... He's a fixin' to give an imitation of Santa Claus. Why, Why, sure. Why, he's got white wig and whiskers that disfigures him and makes him look like the pictures of this here William Cullen Longfellow in the poetry book. And a red suit of fur-trimmed underwear, eight-ounce gloves, and stand-up, lay-down, crocheted cap. Uh, Baldy, uh, when does Cherokee allow to come over with his truck? Morning before Christmas. Uh-huh. Now, he wants you folks to have a room fixed up and a tree hauled and ready. But he said, be sure and keep it a secret from the kids. Oh, kids. Yeah. Uh, to think that the voice of childhood has never gladdened our city. The patter of restless little feet never consecrated its streets. Uh, nowhere in Yellowhammer are there uh, roguish, expectant eyes, ready to open wide at dawn of the enchanting day. Hmm? Uh, eager, uh, tiny hands to reach for Santa's bewildering array of gifts. Uh, elated, childish voicings of the season's joy. That's right, Judge. Yeah. Well, uh, Cherokee also made mention he'd appreciate uh, whatever assistance the women folks of Yellowhammer might care to render for his little soiree. Well, there ain't but one female woman in town, Baldy. Yeah. Miss Walker, the assayer's yeah, wife. Yeah, that's uh, right. You, uh, you forget uh, Miss Fanchon Spangler in the troupe at the Opera House. Uh, an estimable lady, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, and if worse come to worst, uh, maybe Miss Fanchon could play like she was a little girl for Cherokee, uh, like she done in that show, uh, The Miner's Bride. Uh, no, 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 uh, no Thirsty. Uh, her performance was adequate, uh, circumstances taken into consideration. But between her delineation and the visions of adolescence which fancy conjures as eligible recipients of Cherokee's bounty, there is a gulf. Huh? Yes, I may say, a gulf. citizens of Yellowhammer for a mighty special reason. Well, what is it? Well, it'd be a disgrace to Yellowhammer if it throwed Cherokee down on his Christmas tree blowout. That's right. That's right. Well, as for me, I'm going to see what can be done to give Santa Claus a square deal. Yes, that's right. Where would you? My cooperation would be gladly forthcoming for Thank you, Judge. But I do not see... Uh, well, uh, frankly, heretofore, I have regarded the absence of children rather as a uh, luxury. But in this instance, uh, still, I do not see... Look at me, Jeds, and you'll see old ways and me's with a fur on. I'm a going to hitch up a team and rustle a load of kids for Cherokees down the chimney act 
If I got a Robin Orphan I will accompany you. Wiley Wilson and his old lady that's homesteading down Wild Horse Canyon has got a whole parcel of kids. Why, they could loan out a couple or so and never know they was gone. Yeah, and don't forget to win a Singletary over towards Wildcat Crossing. When old man Singletary cashed in his chips last summer, he left her anyways a dozen or so youngins, sorted sizes and ages. Why can't we use all of them? Have no fear, gentlemen. When Trinidad and I return, we shall be accompanied by our bevy of laughing, carefree children. (laughs) If the mountain refuses to come to Muhammad, behold... Muhammad will go to the mountain. This is Wiley Wilson's place, Judge. Oh, yeah. I'll call him out. Oh, Wiley! Wiley Wilson! I'm Wiley Wilson. Is there something I can do for you, Jed? Well, it's this way, Mr. Wilson. We're from Yellowhammer, and we come uh, kidnapping. Kidnapping? What? Just in a gentle sort of way, you might say, Mr. Wilson. Seems like one of our leading citizens is stung with a Santa Claus affliction, and... Well, he's due in town tomorrow night with half the falderalls that's painted red and says mama when you squeeze them. In other words, Mr. Wilson, the season of the year having approximately arrived during which it is the custom to bestow frivolous but oft-appreciated gifts among the young... Now, where we're between a hard spot and a rock is the youngest kid we got in Yellowhammer packs a forty-five and a safety razor. So, consequent, we're mighty shy on somebody to say oh and ah when we... Light the candles on Christmas. Uh, may I say, Mr. Wilson, we have discovered for the first time in our embryonic but progressive little city the inconvenience of the absence of adolescence. So, uh, partner, if you loan us a few kids, we guarantee to return them safe and sound on Christmas Day. And they'll come back all loaded down with a good time at Swiss Family Robinsons and cornucopias, red drums, and similar testimonials. Well, what do you say, Mr. Wilson? I understand, and I don't reckon the need to detain you, gents. Me and the old woman's got seven kids, so to speak, but running my mind over the bunch, I don't appear to hit upon none we could spare for you to take over to your doing. Uh, but, but couldn't we perhaps uh, divide them, Mr. Wilson? Say, uh, four for you and uh, three for us. We should be happy to accept the uh, leavings. There ain't no leavings, gents, when they're yourn. Oh, me. No, gents, thank you kindly, but I can't seem to fall in with the idea of letting none of them go. Look, Miss Singletary... You got 12 kids, ain't you? Well, I did have the last time I counted them. But land of living, riding herd on them young'uns is a 24-hour-a-day job. Exactly, madam. That is why the absence of one pass on just, I am confident. <laughs> uh, we will see that he or she or it returns to you on Christmas Day, laden with sufficient toys and goodies to lavish the season's cheer upon your entire flock. If that ain't just like a man... 
Why, if a single one was missing tomorrow night when they hang up their stockings, the other eleven would take on and beller till you could probably hear them all the way to Yellowhammer. But surely, madam, one... If you took one, you might as well take all. And you needn't worry none about that. Well, what kind of a mother would I be, loaning out my own flesh and blood on Christmas Eve? I'd be a female Judas. That's what I'd be. Jed, the further we go, the worse it gets. We've been out most two days now. Tomorrow's Christmas. We ain't been able to rustle so much as one young man. Sir, situation is indeed becoming critical. It's beginning to creep on my faculties that boring kids at Christmas something like trying to steal butter from a man that's got hot pancakes are coming. Trinidad, what is yon abode? Oh, that's where Juan Fernandez lives. He's a section hand on the railroad. Perchance that our Fernandez progeny? Oh, old shack foods, but I just doubt we can bore you any. Them Mexicanos set a heap of store by Christmas. We can but try. Angels can do no more. On, Trinidad. On to the Fernandez Menage. Juan, we were just wondering if you'd let us borrow one or maybe two of them muchachos of yours. You mean to take Los Niños? Well, just for tonight. We'll bring them back tomorrow, safe and sound. And, and... nobly enriched in material possession. No, 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 senores. Madre de Dios. Conchita, she will kill me if todos los niños are not here for Navidad. All right, Juan. We'll just leave it go at that. Uh... Do you know anybody around here that's got from one kid on up for hire or borrow? Uh, this senora, she's come last week where the railroad man's they eat. She have one, muchacho. Oh, that's the railroad cafe at the Granite Junction, Judge. Oh? Uh, muchas gracias, Juan. Oh, no, I decay, Listen, senor. Navidad, the onion away, Gracias, Giddy up, Nib. Giddy up, Nelly. On, Trinidad, on. And may success crown this despairing effort. Why, we'd be mighty proud if you'd let him take it. And uh, you may place the utmost trust in our integrity, madam. Well, I'd count it a mercy if you would take Bobby for a while. I'm on the go from early morning until late at night, and I don't have time to tend to him. He's learning bad habits from the men, too. That'll be the only chance you'll have to get any Christmas. Bobby! Oh, Bobby! What do you want? Come on in, Bobby. These gentlemen want to talk to you. That's a good boy, son. Knocking the snow off your boots. Here are the gentlemen that want to talk to you. What do they want? Well, it's like this, Bobby. Over in Yellowhammer, we got our Christmas tree that's all lit up like a country church. And we're hereby inviting you to join up with us and make merry and festive. And moreover, my young friend, Santa Claus himself will personally distribute the offerings which will typify the gifts conveyed by the shepherds of Bethlehem to ah, the Lord. Ah, come off. Hmm? I ain't no kid. There ain't no Santa Claus. It's your folks that buys toys and sneaks them in when you're asleep. 
They make marks in the soot with tongs to look like Santa's sleigh tracks. Well, that might be so. I ain't no authority on the subject. But Christmas trees ain't no fairy tale. This and we got looks like the ten cent store in Albuquerque, all strung up in the redwood. There's tops and drums and Noah's arts and. Ah, rats. I cut them out long ago. I'd like to have a rifle. Not a target one, but a real one to shoot wildcats with. But I guess you won't have any of them in your old tree. Well, I can't say for sure. It might be. You go along with us and see. Mm. All right. I'll go with you. But if there ain't a real rifle on that tree, you can bring me right back here. There's a tree all trimmed up and just waiting for Santa Claus and his reindeers. Well, say, it's right pretty, Miss Walker. And I'm mighty pleased to you and Miss Spangler for helping us get it all shored up and ready to delight the youngins. Oh, Mr. Cherokee, yeah? I think what you're planning to do tonight is one of the sweetest things I've ever heard of in all my life. You have a heart. A heart of purest gold. Oh, Miss Spangler, it ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when them kids is rounded up, light the candles on the tree, and set them to play in Pussy Watch a Corner and King William. And when they get going good at it, my old saddle just slide in the door. <laughs> hey, uh, I reckon there's uh, plenty of gifts to go around, huh? I'm sure there is, Cherokee. Oh, yes, of course. Well, I'd better be a-getting. I'll put on my costume, and when I hear the kids a-squealing and taking on over the Christmas tree, ha-ha, <laughs> I'll just mosey back. Oh, <laughs> awesome. the most beautiful tree I've ever seen. It is pretty, ain't it? Mm. Uh, Tex? Yes? Uh, while you're up on that ladder, that star ain't quite straight. Tip it a mite more towards the window, will you? Sure thing you know, Miss Walker. Now there, how's that? That's just fine, Tex. Yeah, drive it up in front now, Miss Walker. And the children, bless their baby hearts. Are the children with them? Snowing so thick, it's hard to tell. They got one maverick in tow. I can see him. Might on the ruddy side, I'd say. Well, open the door, Tex, and let them in. Now, everybody get ready and wish Merry Christmas when they all come streaming in, huh? Shucks. I've seen fancier Christmas trees than that one lots of times. Kennedy. Jed. Where are all the other children? Well, ma'am, the prospecting for kids at Christmas time is like... Well, like hunting, well, it's like hunting in limestone for silver. Hmm. This here young bothead ma'am is all that washes out of our two days maneuver. Oh, the sweet little boy! I shut up. <gasps> Who's a kid? You ain't your best. Fresh little imp. Uh, may, may I say that we exerted ourselves to the utmost, but results were nil, uh, or practically so. And me and the judge, we done the best we could. 
tough on Cherokee, but it can't be helped. Everybody get ready. Here comes Santa Claus now. <laughs> there he comes. Whoa, Dancer. Oh, Fred, Oh, Dr. Delicious. Just telling you, this radio's a stop. Don't give me that. Reindeers live in Alaska. I'll bet two bins are against a plug of chewing tobacco. All those are is a team of mules or horses. Well, uh, pre- uh, uh, prepare for the entrance of Chris Pringle. Swing wide the portal text that the Jolly Saints entrance may be unimpeded. Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas, little boy. Anything you see on that tree that you want, we'll get it down for you. <laughs> Won't you shake hands with Santa Claus? There ain't no Santa Claus. Huh? You just got on old Billy Goat Whiskers in your face. I ain't no kid. What I want with thousand tin horses? The driver said you'd have a rifle, and you ain't. I want to go home. I'm sorry, Cherokee. There never was a kid in Yellowhammer. Me and the Jeds, we tried to rustle a bunch of them for your soiree, but well, this sardine was all we could catch. And he's an atheist and don't believe in Santa Claus. Well, I don't know what I was thinking about, but it never occurred to me in my cogitations that there wasn't no kids in Yellowhammer. Nary a one, Cherokee. This jacksnipe here we had to import. Well, he'll be better than none at all. <clears throat> Uh, come here, little boy. What do you want? Oh, I just wanted to propound a civil question or two. Where do you live? Granite Junction. My ma runs a railroad eating house. I can roll a one-handed just as good as a man can. Sometimes they give me chewing tobacco and cigarettes that's already rolled. Uh, I see. And you don't take no stock in this here Santa Claus rigmarole, huh? Nah, that's just for babies. Well, that being the case, I can't see no good and valid reason not to take off these here false whiskers and wigs. Sure, take them off. You ain't fooling me a bit. <sighs> Say, I know your mug all right. Did you ever see me before? I never seen you before, but I seen your picture lots of times. Where? On a bureau at home. Hey, let's have your name, if you please, bub. It's Robert Lumsden. The picture belongs to my ma. She puts it under her pillow at night. Once I saw her kiss it, I wouldn't. Well, women are funny that way. Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Trinidad! Yeah, Cherokee? Uh, keep this boy by you until I come back. You betcha I will, Cherokee. I'm going to peel off these here Christmas duds and hitch up my sleigh. I'm going to take this kid home. Got a match? Yep. Oh, powerful. How about slip me one? What for? What for? To light this cigarette. Throw that cigarette away. Yes, sir. Throw the whole package, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Say, I like you. I don't know why. Nobody ever made me do nothing I didn't want to do before. Hey, tell me, kid... Are you sure your ma kissed that picture that looks like me? Dead sure. I seen her do it. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, didn't you remark some time a spell back that uh, you wanted a rifle? You bet I did. Will you get me one? Tomorrow. 
Silver mounted. Gee! <laughs> Half past nine. We'll hit the junction plumb on time with Christmas Day. <laughs> Are you cool? Huh? <laughs> Sit closer, son. heard Christmas by Injunction, one of O. Henry's greatest short stories especially adapted for Author's Playhouse by Jack Mitchell. The cast of tonight's presentation included Cliff Sabir as Cherokee, Curly Bradley as Trinidad, Sidney Elstrom as the judge, and Jerry Spellman as Bobby. In the supporting cast were Fern Persons, Harriet Unn, Eva Parnell, Hilda Graham, Dan Bowers, Clarence Hartzell, Percy Hemus, Carl Cronkey, and Michael Romano. The original musical score was written and conducted by Roy Shield. One week from tonight, Author's Playhouse will return to the air with a romantic comedy of love and football, unlike Leonardo by Howard Rigsby. Playhouse originates in our Chicago studios as a Red Network presentation of the National Broadcasting Company. Um, I don't know of anybody that doesn't like Bob Hope, and uh, at least anybody from our generation, my generation, Annabelle's generation. Uh, some of you young folks might not like him, but uh, I like him. I, I thought was well, you you almost stepping into my generation, so I counted you. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> uh, but um, guys, we have such fun together. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one is um, he did this one during World War Two. And um, he did it uh, for the guys over there that was in service. And so he broadcast this show one day um, to be his radio show. It's called Berlin Airlift. Now, there's I've, I've listened to better uh, Bob Hope Christmas specials, but I thought, but this one kind of touched me because it was back then when the guys didn't have you know they had too much to worry about and not enough to listen to so that's the best time to do it yeah in cooperation with the United States Air Forces presents the Bob Hope Show from Berlin, Germany on Christmas Day 4,000 miles away from home thousands of American boys listened to a show that brought them a little bit of home They were the boys who keep the airlift into Berlin running. 
the boys who have given up their Christmas to help strengthen the cause of humanity. Because of these men, a child eats who might otherwise go hungry, and the light of freedom burns more brightly in the world. To carry to these Americans overseas something of the fun and spirit of America, Bob Hope and his gang at the request of the United States Air Forces flew to Berlin. What you are now about to hear by transcription is the very same show our men enjoyed Christmas Day. The laughter is their laughter. The show was their special show. And now, Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan Soap, is proud to present Bob Pope. from Berlin, Germany, for the boys in the airlift hope. So with all you guys, I'm here with Juan Soap and Lot. Meet me tonight in Potsdam or Club. Volunteered to come over here for this trip, this Christmas trip here. 
And I now have the privilege of introducing one of America's all-time great men of the Air Force. I get a special charge out of presenting General Jimmy Doolittle. Thank you, Bob. I'll take less than a minute of your time, but as an average American, I want to express the gratitude and appreciation of 147 million Americans back home to the soldiers, sailors, and airmen who are accomplishing the airlift. You're doing a magnificent job, not only for Germany and America, but for all humanity. I also want to express the appreciation of all of us to Senator Barkley, to Secretary Symington, and particularly to Bob Hope, Irving Berlin, Jinx Falkenberg, the Rockettes, and all of the generous and talented groups who are with them and are spending their Christmas here in order that they may bring home a little closer to you. Really? What do you mean? They're so great on the pickup. 
Miss Bryant, isn't that the sort of thing for the younger girls? Yes. Did you buck a headwind most of the way? Say, Miss Lyon, how did you enjoy your trip over here? Well, we're flying at 10,000 feet, and the altitude... What are you blushing about?
introduction over again. Why, is there something wrong, Irving? Yes. You know, you've got the name wrong. It's Irving Jones. Irving Jones? Yes. I changed it. Anything over here named Berlin, they cut up into sectors. <laughs> yeah, but Bob, but I'd like to get serious for a minute, if I may. All right. All of us are deeply indebted to the Air Force for the job they're doing here on the Berlin Airlift. And by way of showing my appreciation, I've written a special song. Every three minutes of every hour, an American plane goes winging to Berlin, loaded with the food and fuel which keep two and one-half million people alive. This is a tremendous job, as we know, and it's called Operation Vittel. Long ago, a group we called the Air Corps helped build the wall and took the bow. Not long ago, we feared the fighting Air Corps. Let's see what's happened to them now. Operation Triple, we'll soon be on our way. With coal and wheat and hay, and everything's okay. Operation Triple, as in the air we go. We won't forget to blow. A kiss to Uncle Joe, we're growing fonder. Of the wild blue making the buck. Flying the truck, no one here be little, the job that must be won, although the war was won, we'll be there, earning stripes and bars in our own great cars, till the airlift checks you Christmas Day. One of America's leading beauties, Miss Jake Falkenberg. 
a lot, gang. Say, you look very nice tonight, Miss Falkenberg. Oh, thanks, but you don't have to be so formal, Bob. Just call me by my nickname, Dick. What's your nickname? Well, I used to have one when I was a kid, but I don't use it anymore. They call me Pickle Nose. <laughs>
do my... Oh, no, that's all. Talk second. Good evening. Good evening, Comrade Darling. Oh, it's you, Ivan. How are you? Very tired. I've been on KP all day long. No killing peasants. Gorgeous, irresistible, talented, beautiful man in the Russian sector. Would you like to kiss me? No. All right, I'll kiss myself. <laughs> I do not understand how you can resist me, standing here so close to me. Does it make you weak? No. That's funny, it makes me weak. <laughs> I've come here to ask your hand in marriage, my little Jinkichka. <laughs> marriage? Oh, but do you love me, Ivan? Well, this morning I sent an application to the Kremlin and also mailed two copies to the proper authorities and tomorrow morning they will notify me. They will, they will notify you? Yes, tomorrow they will tell me if I love you. Now, let us celebrate the occasion. I have brought some vodka. What is vodka? That's a zombie that belongs to the Communist Party. my mind. I've decided not to wait to hear from the Kremlin. I've decided that I love you. But I thought it was you that you loved. That's all right. I ain't jealous. Zambovichka, <laughs> marry me. Oh, wonderful, Ivan. And maybe after a little while, there'll be a few little Ivans. A few? The first year of our marriage, we will have 15 children. Uh, 15 children in one year? How is that possible? Don't ask me. It's a new order from Stalin. <laughs> Christmas with the men who run it is the biggest thing that's ever happened to us. It's a great pleasure. Both we spotted last night and here in Berlin with a lot of the men of the ground force. You know, I've been singing thanks for the memory for a good many years, but I never expected to sign off a show and go off the air with the memories of thrilling as Christmas at Operation Vittles. Speaking of thanks, I'd really like to spread them around tonight and say thanks to the gang making this Hollywood to Berlin and return jaunt with us. Jinx Falkenberg, Irving Berlin, Jane Harvey, Bill Fell. Tex McCrary, Irene Ryan, Tony Romano. They're the kind of people who make show business the business of the big, warm heart. And I want to put in a king-size thank you for Larry Gelbart, Cy Rose, Mort Lockman, 
Al Capstab, Gene Wagner, Jim Sapper, Charlie Cooley, Jack Wormser, and my friend Jay Scott. They're the writers and directors and secretaries who put the airlift at the top of their Christmas list. We couldn't have put on a show without them. And above all, our thanks to you men of the Berlin Airlift. It's been wonderful spending Christmas with you, and I only wish the Statue of Liberty could talk. Because she'd take one look at the job you're doing and say, Men, you're not only lifting coal, you're lifting men's hearts. You're raising the Iron Curtain, and the torch in my right hand, you're putting it in every heart in Europe. Good night, folks, and here's a little P.S. from the gang in the Berlin Airlift. Happy New Year! have been listening to a special broadcast of the Bob Hope Christmas Show from Berlin, Germany. You have heard the show transcribed just as it was presented to the men of our United States Air Forces abroad. This broadcast was brought to you by Swan Soap, the newer, better white floating soap. Swan, better for dishes, better for hands, better for babies, better for bats. Be sure to listen next week when Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Swan, present the Bob Hope Show from Hollywood. Mirror, mirror on the wall is my happiest of them all. It is when you use Rave Cream Shampoo. Rave leaves your hair so clean, so soft, so easy to manage. Easy to manage because the pure lanolin in Rave is specially blended with other important ingredients to make hair behave, even on shampoo day. Try Rave Cream Shampoo. R-A-Y-V-E. Rave Cream Shampoo. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Okay, folks. I just love George Burns and Gracie Allen. And Gracie Allen, she's she's such a nut. I don't know how she pulls it off so good. But, um, and if you remember, I did a game show a couple of weeks ago. Or a couple of episodes ago where she was <laughs> where she was herself and it was just strange <laughs> yeah she was very shy on that and on that yeah and she was shy and then she just you know she got all her answers correct and you, you were sitting there expecting her to go out of character i mean knowing that she wouldn't but still uh but this one is um this one is just simply called gracie's christmas should be interesting. Yeah. The makers of Campbell Soup present George Burns and Gracie Allen, Tony Martin and Ken Nile, and Henry King and his music. My sugar takes me with a grain of salt.
George and Gracie go together. Meanwhile, this is 10 9. You know, I've been getting a lot of letters lately since I've been telling you about my extra special favorite, Campbell's Chicken Soup. I get many that read like this. What you say about Campbell's Chicken Soup is absolutely true. I'm through making chicken soup at home now that I can have just as good, if not better, soup by asking for Campbell's. True? Why, of course it is. And I know good chicken soup myself, so I can tell you why Campbell's has been the soup sensation of the year and why women are buying three times as much as they did a short while ago. Now, this is why. It's that glorious, delicious chicken flavor, the through-and-through chicken richness, the golden glistening color, the snowy rice and delightful seasoning, and the pieces of tender chicken meat, too. Just like the best homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. That's why. And you can have it any time you wish simply by asking your grocer for Campbell's Chicken Soup. Why not do that tomorrow? And here are George Burns and Gracie Allen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Gracie, say hello to everybody. Yeah, hello, Tony. Hello, Tony. That's everybody? Well, everybody that matters, if you know what I mean. Yes, I think I know what you mean. Well, never mind saying hello to us, Gracie. I know you're very busy these days. Uh, by the way, have you got your Christmas shopping done? My Christmas shopping can't... Oh, sure, it's all done except buying the presents. Uh, Gracie, why don't you buy a Christmas present after Christmas? Well, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, on account of you don't know what people need until the day after Christmas. I know I'm heading for a headache. Now, for instance, after I get a present from a girlfriend, I can tell what she needs. Mm. Now, if she gives me a handbag, then I know she doesn't need a handbag. Because if she needed a handbag, then why did she give it to me? That's a good idea. I know. I made it up. You ought to have it stuffed. Ought to have it stuffed what? The handbag? No, your head. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. You don't, uh... Henry... You look at my face and you do not know who she is? Henry, that was last week, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't hey, step Henry. Out of Henry, what are you going to give the boys in your band for Christmas? Oh, I don't know, Gracie. What do you suggest? Music lessons. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Good idea. Gracie, what are you going to give me for Christmas? Well, George, did you see those star sapphire cufflinks down at the jewelry? You mean the ones set in platinum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do uh, you think Tony Martin would like them? <laughs> You're giving Tony Martin star sapphire cufflinks? What about me? Oh, I think he didn't, he'd rather have cufflinks. Cufflinks? Cufflinks. You mean cut glass. Now, you do, um. It's awfully sweet of you, Gracie. But Alice Faye bought me some cufflinks for my birthday. Ah, copycat. Copycat. Uh, hello. Who? Oh, just a minute. Uh, Gracie, a phone call for you, and the party said it's very important. Oh, well, it's probably the sponsor. Oh, the sponsor. I guess he wants to know whether Tony Martin is through this week or next week. Hmm. Never mind about Tony. Just answer the phone. All right. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Chicken Soup. Mr. Chicken Soup? Uh, quiet, That's a cute first name, Oh, uh, what's that? Sam Chicken Soup. It's who? <laughs> now, you have to speak clearly. I don't recognize your voice. No. No, I don't remember meeting you. No. No, no, you must have the wrong party. No, Gracie, no. will you let me answer the phone? Hello. Oh, just a minute, Gracie, it's your mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, hello, Mother. I didn't know you were sponsoring this program. If it's your mother, she's probably sponsoring a pad of cell for your daddy. Now, please, Judge. Mother can't hear what she's saying. She's lucky. What? No, no, that was George Burns, Mother. George Burns. <laughs> no, Burns. Burns. Look, Mother, if you light a match to the gas stove, what does it do? Oh, nothing? Oh, the gas is shut off? 
When the moon is shining bright, let me dream away the night where the lazy river goes by. Get you away and let us be just the river, you and me. Everything is still all along the Mississippi. Ain't no one as happy as I. Let me live and make my home Where the lazy river goes by Where the lazy, lazy river goes by Where the lazy river goes by from the picture with a banjo on my knee. Tony, you are swell. Thanks, George. Well, Gracie, how did you like Tony Martin? Oh, I think he's beautiful. Yeah, he's pretty. Um... You know, Gracie, uh, what uh, what do you want Santa Claus to give you for Christmas? Would a stocking hold all you want? Well, no. But a pair of Tony Martin socks would. I say, I say. Well, that's if he's got a pair of socks. Yeah. Well, now, just think. Two more days and it'll be December 25th. Yeah. And a week later, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Seven weeks of men wasn't his birthday. Mm. Five months after that, Fourth of July. Well, oh, well, well. Half of next year gone already, and it isn't even Christmas yet. Mm. <laughs> Time certainly flies. Don't you think so? Yes, I think so. Gracie, you forgot April Fool's. I'm coming to you, Judge. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As some people like Christmas, but personally, I like Labor Day much better than Easter on account of the Christmas trees. Mm. You, uh, you have Christmas trees on Labor Day? Mm hmm then what will you have on Christmas? Well, I'll take the same as you do, George. Only more ginger ale than mine. I don't know what you're doing for Christmas, but I'm having a poor family for dinner. Well, that's nice. We're having turkey. <laughs> well, it's kind of different. Stuffing, yes. Yeah. Love a turkey stuffing. You know... Take it easy. Just give it a... Just speak right up. <laughs> and a girl, Chrissy. Oh, George, let me talk. Yes. If it weren't for one thing, I could sit under the mistletoe and kiss Tony Martin to my heart's content. Mm, and what's the one thing? Well, who wants to spend a dime for mistletoe? Hmm. Well, Tony, Gracie's got a man on. Gracie, let's cut that out. I don't want to start talking about kissing the minute I get down to work. Well, that's what I say. Let's cut out the talking and get down to work. In the first place, kissing is unhealthy. Isn't that right, Henry? I don't know. You don't know? You've never been kissed? I've never been sick. Is that so? Well, you set me fool me because you look bad. Tony Martin, I'm going to teach you a lesson. You mean you're going to fire me off this program? Oh, worse than that, I'm going to make you act in my Christmas play. And I'm going to do it sometime pretty soon right now. Are you going to do a Christmas play sometime pretty soon, right now? Yeah, almost quicker than immediately. Well, let's not act hastily. Oh, well, I think that's going to be swell, Gracie. Is it another historical play? No, Ken, it's just sort of a kind of a special Christmas play I wrote called uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol. Oh. I must be wrong. I thought Dickens' Christmas Carol was written by Dickens. <laughs> that's what he thought, too. <laughs> that's what who thought, Dickens? No, Carol, Christmas Carol. Well, yeah, I know him very well. A tall fellow with a face, he said. Well, don't be silly, George. Christmas Carol isn't a him, it's a her. A her? Bill Carol's sister. Oh, Bill Carol's sister, yes. Very cute, too. Gracie, who's who in the screwy play of yours? You, George, you're playing the part of Scrooge, the stingy old miser. Well, I don't think I'll be able to read the script because miser saw. Oh, please, I knew it was bad. I didn't like it. Oh, I just saw it. Thank you. All right, so I'm Scrooge. Yeah, but we'll call you Scroogey Poogey. Scroogey Poogey. <laughs> and boy. Yeah. Boy, you play the three goats. The three goats, huh? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I know. You because know. this is a ghost the ghost program, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ken. The Pacific Ghost, the Atlantic Ghost, and it's just ghosts to show you. And we all act in this play, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the play, Gracie. We're the three ghosts that come to haunt Scrooge. Right, Tony. Ken? Yep. You're the ghost of the past. Henry? Yep. You're the ghost of the present. And Tony? Yes? Yeah, oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, Tony, you can't be the ghost of the future. Why not? Well, it's because of the way you've been behaving. I'm afraid you haven't got a future on this program. Oh, I see. <laughs> Do you follow me, Tony? Yes, I follow you, Grace. Well, you better stop following me, Alistair. You'll get awfully angry. Mm. All right, Gracie, and what part do you play? I'm Mrs. Fezziwig. Mrs. Fezziwig? Yes. Who is Mrs. Fezziwig? Well, she's the wife of Mr. Fezziwig and the mother of all their fuzzy little toupees. <laughs> fuzzy little toupees. Hey, hey. And, um, and what do you do in this play? Well, as long as the boy's a ghost, I have to be the ghostess. Ghostess? You mean you're a lady ghost? No, a dancehall ghostess. Henry, the music. on my favorite subject, Campbell's Chicken Soup. And if you can see the way Campbell's make it, you'd know why it's so extra delicious, just like the finest homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. Now, Campbell's use all the good tender meat of plump chickens, the kind of chickens you'd select for your own table. And they simmer the broth slowly until it's outstandingly delicious with chicken goodness. Outstandingly delicious flavor. That's what has made Campbell's Chicken Soup such a great favorite in so short a time. So much so that women everywhere are buying three times more than they did a short while ago. And the minute you taste it, I know you're going to be captivated, too. If you want to make an extra special hit for the family, just place before them Campbell's Chicken Soup. Don't put it off. Why not ask your grocer for it tomorrow? And now for Gracie Allen's masterpiece, Dickens' Christmas Carol. Okay.
Conceived, written, directed, produced, released, presented, and sponsored by Gracie Allen. Yeah, and I'm pretty too. Quiet, quiet. <laughs> now remember, George, your food's the miser. Yes. All your life you've hoarded jokes. And on Christmas Eve, the ghosts of the past, present, and future of radio come back to haunt you. I see. They're still haunting for their jokes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Sorry. And I'm Mrs. Fezziwig, the widow lady. Mm. And when the scene opens, you're at home in the attic, and I'm trying to get you to donate some jokes to the starving masters of ceremony. Well, this is going to be a nice play. Yes. Yeah. Ken the cat. All right. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, the mean old miser of the airways, George Burns. Mrs. Loudspeaker Fezziwig, the nitwit of the network, Gracie Allen. The ghost of the past. Oh! <laughs> Something he ate, I guess. Ken Niles. The ghost of the present, Tony Martin. The ghost of the future, Henry King. Time, midnight, Christmas Eve. Curtain. Are you ready, ghost? Yes. Yeah. Music. A haunting we will go. A haunting we will go. A haunting we will go. Go ahead, Georgia. So this is Christmas Eve. And everybody is happy. I am not happy. They call me Ebenezer Scrooge, the joke miser. What fools people are to be happy on Christmas Eve. I sure feel sorry for all the poor masters of ceremonies on a cold night like this without a joke on their backs. Come in and close the door. Close the door. It's chilly outside. Well, Scroogey Poogey, if I close the door, will it make it warmer outside? Mm. It's a nasty snowstorm outside. I'm chilled to the bone. Well, it serves you right for going without a hat. <laughs> That's very funny, Mrs. Fezziwig. I'll put that away with the rest of my jokes. 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 <laughs> Shades of Al Jolson, Mrs. Fezziwig. Do you see this ghost? figure wrapped in a sheet? Oh, yes, good. It's either Mahatma Gandhi or a man without Mahatma coat in the vest. Quiet. Speak, ghostly guest. Who are you? What brings you here? Who am I? Where I play folks packing to hear my wife cracking on radio. I want renown. There's no use in guessing. My name I'm confessing. <gasps> the mayor of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, what brought you here? I've come to haunt you, Scrooge, for stealing my jokes, you know? You know? Mm. I don't believe you're a candle. All I can see is an empty sheet. Yeah, Eddie, where did you park your carcass? <laughs> don't haunt me, Eddie. I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, I'm an old man. Look at me. I'm all bent over. Yeah, from lifting everybody's joke. Oh, that's Ted Lewis. <laughs> hush, hush. <laughs> You've stolen my best joke. I've got a goat in my house who hasn't got a nose. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> and uh, who are you? Hello again. Mm. I'm the ghost of Jack Benny. Yeah. Sounds like the goat of Jack Benny. You don't look like Jack Benny. Well, George, if you were dead as long as Tony Martin, you wouldn't look like Jack Benny either. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Eddie Cannon. 
Well, Eddie, what are you doing all dressed up in a sheet? Well, it's like this, Jack. This sheet is cut down the high cost of living. By wearing a sheet, I don't have to buy a suit, a collar, or a necktie. When I come home at night in a sheet, I'm ready for bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'm all ready in a sheet. And instead of expensive cleaning and pressing bills, I can have my sheet washed for 22 cents a pound. <laughs> and don't I have to look for a collar button? No, no. <laughs> you get it, Jimmy? <laughs> Wonderful, Ken. You ought to be able to give an imitation of Hoppo Mark. Well, Gracie, Hoppo Mark can't talk. Mm, I know. Mm. <laughs> Gracie, what's any catter got that I haven't got? Five dollars. Mm. Well, Buck Benny, what do you want? Scrooge, I'm here to haunt you. You stole my joke, a joke that I originated, a joke that made me famous. We've got to go to our house without a nose. How does it smell? Terrible, Jack. I used it on my program, too. Quick, Mrs. Fezziwig, the pencil. It sounds like a new one. Jokes, 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 jokes. Ha, ha, ha. Well, sort of a classic. Well, who are you? Good evening, folks. Welcome to Town Hall tonight. Mr. Allen! Mr. Allen! Well. You cannot leave down with an elephant, as the man in the kosher butcher shop used to say. <laughs> I hope to kiss a pig if it isn't Portland Fezziwig. Nice one, Kenray. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised myself. I must be a mimic. What? You must be a mimic. You're a mimic? Mm. Uh, you mean you haven't any red corpuscles? <laughs> uh, well, Freddie Allen, have you come to haunt me about the goat at your house that hasn't got a nose? No, not only am I a comedian, I'm a clever writer. I twist that joke. We've got a nose at our house that hasn't got a goat. Some twist. A nose that a nose without a goat. Well, maybe it's Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante, the nose miser. <laughs> oh wait, we've got a goat that's got a nose, but we've got a house that hasn't got a yard. Well, if you've got a house that hasn't got a yard, how does the goat play? Like Henry King. The pencil jokes, jokes, jokes. What's that? <laughs> the ghost of Major Bo's gong. Mm. Well, it didn't have a very good ring. Well, you miser, what do you want for nothing? The Westminster chime? Oh, that's a very good joke, Mrs. Fezziwig, for this chime of the year. Oh, careful, Scrooge. Giving away those jokes, they'll be calling you Good Chime Charlie. Good Chime Charlie. <laughs> that's a beauty. <laughs> Scrooge, before I can, before I go, you yes. can do me a few favors. Yes, Jack Benny. What favors would you like? Strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, lime. And Campbell's chicken soup. Thanks, Randy. Mm -hmm, you're welcome. Well, goodbye, Jack Benny. Mm, goodbye, and a Merry Christmas to you. Goodbye, and a Merry Living Sin to you, too. Mm. <laughs> well, Eddie Kander, I've got every joke you ever used. I'm living on the fat of the land. The fat of the land? Well, you must have Jack Bernard, too. I've got him. Well, I can't expect a joke from a miser like you, but I thought you might at least give me a little pun. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, isn't that cute, George? Eddie Candace got five daughters, and now he's looking for a little pun. <laughs> jokes, jokes. Well, Freddie Allen, aren't you going back to town hall? No, I'm going nuts. Well, you're lucky, Fred. Everyone else has a long trip ahead of them. Mm. Goodbye, Freddie. Goodbye. Callie Ho! Callie Ho! Henry, the music. <laughs> Now Gracie will sing I Love You From Coast to Coast. Sing it, Gracie. I love you has been said in so many ways. It's hard to find something new. Till I tried and I managed to call in all praise. In praise of you. 
well, radio cold, not to tell you, I love the love of you, from cold to cold. It's not the money in the honey that I keep thinking of more. It's the chance to romance you, from cold to cold. Sometimes I start to pour out my heart in writing. But through a mic, the words are more exciting. So if I get work on the network, honey, I'll sing you a toast. When I broadcast, I love a bu bu you. I don't mean high fit. I don't mean I'm strong. I don't mean Henry. I mean some post to The makers of those fine candles invite you to listen in and laugh with George Burns and Gracie Allen again next Wednesday. Meanwhile, remember that you can have the finest chicken soup you ever tasted simply by asking for Campbell's Chicken Soup. You'll find it to be the delicious, nourishing, old-fashioned kind. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Your station is KHJ, Don Lee, Los Angeles. Stan Signal, courtesy Schaefer Pen and Pencil Company. Settle that perplexing Christmas gift problem with the genuine Schaefer drive-proof fountain pen desk set. This one is for us old folks who have been listening to old radio for a hundred years. And uh, actually, I I got it for uh, Victor's wife because she likes these kind of things. And I think this one's the one with Donna Shore in it and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but it's call it's Eddie Cantor and it's his Christmas special this is Eddie Cantor speaking to you transcribed from Hollywood with a half hour of show business over the news you know it's kind of nice to be broadcasting on Christmas Eve the holiday spirit has been in the air for several weeks what with shopping wrapping packages getting ready for the big day and the Christmas cards have never been more beautiful one of the cards I received had a special message written on the back. It said, Dear Eddie Cantor, I listen to your program every week. I was born Christmas Day, 1939. I'm crazy about show business, and I hope when I'm through with school, my parents will let me go on the stage. It would be a wonderful Christmas present for me if you would dedicate a song to me. In the meanwhile, I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, and it's signed, Laura Anthony. Laura, you may not know it, but you've given me an idea for a half-hour program. Dedicate a song to you. I'll make you a combination Christmas birthday present of our whole show tonight. All the songs will be for you, and I'll tell you about show business from the time you were born in 1939. In 1939, Irving Berlin, who came here as an immigrant boy wrote the great American song, God Bless America. In the same year, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain visited President Roosevelt at his home in Hyde Park. They were entertained in typical American style. They had hot dogs. Their majesties considered it quite a treat. Gosh, when I was a kid on the east side of New York, hot dogs were my main diet. In fact, until I was 14, every time I opened my mouth, I barked. (laughs) In 1939, baseball celebrated its 100th year. 
How can we ever forget the greats of baseball? Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth. In front of Yankee Stadium, they have a plaque which reads, Babe Ruth, man of the half century. On Henry Street, in front of my house, they have a plaque saying, Eddie Cantor, half man of the century. When you were born in 1939, my wife Ida and I celebrated our silver wedding anniversary at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. Many of our friends came with gifts of silver. Silver platters, silver service sets. Jack Benny brought silver polish. There were a bunch of wonderful songs written in 1939. Wishing, Three Little Fishies, South of the Border, and one which the Ink Spots made famous, If I Didn't Care. However... The one which your parents were probably humming when you were born that year is the number we're going to play for you now. And we have one of the greatest voices in the world to sing it for you. Helen Traubel and All the Things You Are.
That was Helen Crowell singing All the Things You Are. Laura, instead of taking you through each year of the 14 you've lived, it would take hours and hours, let's skip now from 1939 to your sixth birthday in 1945. Round-the-world airplane service was first inaugurated when you were six. The United States Army Transport Command Plane, the Globester, left an airport in Washington, D.C., and completed the global trip in 149 hours and 44 minutes. Now you can wait that long for your change in the department store. That is, if you have any change coming these days. A while ago, a jet pilot flew 16 miles straight up in the air. When he got up there, he ran into some of our soaring prices, got frightened, and came down. Ah, those jet planes. You've got to keep your mind on where you're going, or you'll find you've already been there. An Oscar-winning song of 1945 was... It might as well be spring, written by the writers of Oklahoma, South Pacific, and the King and I, Oscar Hammerstein II, and Richard Rogers. Another one that was popular on your sixth birthday was It's Been a Long, Long Time. It went something like this. Kiss me once and kiss me twice and kiss me once again. It's been a long, long time. One of the best pictures of that year, and you might have seen it, because you were at an age when you could have gotten in for half price. Imagine the hard luck I had. When I could get in for half price, there were no picture theaters. Anyway, the picture I'm referring to that was such a hit in 1945 was Anchors Away with Gene Kelly, Catherine Grayson, and Frank Sinatra. Frankie was the skinniest thing in that picture you ever saw. Funny he never gained an ounce. He had to give up singing with a microphone, you know. Standing behind it, people couldn't see him. I'll never forget when Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood made a print of Frankie's body in the forecourt of the theater. First time I ever saw a crack in that cement. But despite all the cracks about Sinatra, nobody can deny that right now, on your 14th birthday, Frankie is the dramatic sensation of the season as the Italian soldier in From Here to Eternity. You know, when I was in the hospital last Christmas and needed a transfusion... Who do you think volunteered to give me blood? Mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra. You'd have thought my old friend Jessel would have been the first to offer, but Georgie came to me and apologized. He said, Eddie, I'd gladly give you my blood, but it's all tied up in marriage licenses. <laughs> oh, that Jessel. And now, because tomorrow is your birthday, I'll have Frank Sinatra croon a little tune that was one of the big hits when you were six. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful Since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow It doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought some corn for popping Lights are turned down low let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you'll really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye Long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Here is a tin below. You're kissing by the fire's cozy glow. We don't care about the 
The keep of a committee started investigating organized crime. Several comedians were on the verge of leaving the country. They knew that for years they'd been getting away with murder. However, I'm glad I didn't go. So Jessel went by himself. Funny man, hate him. On Christmas Day, 1950, when you were 11, my granddaughter Judy was 10. We were having dinner, and Judy reached all the way across the table for some cranberry sauce. I admonished her. What's the matter, Judy? Haven't you got a tongue? She answered, yes, Gramps, but my arm is longer. Getting back to you, Laura, could you name offhand the biggest industries in America? Well, they include automobile, steel, oil, motion pictures, radio and television, and Arthur Godfrey. You may have thought Arthur Godfrey was just a comedian, singer, radio, television personality, and recording star. No. Godfrey's an industry. There's no industry that turns out more work, serves more people, and there's no product bigger in the American home. He made a lot of records, but the one song of 1950, when you were 11, Laura, is the thing that is so appropriate for your birthday. Candy and cake. Okay, Arthur, sing it for Laura. Candy and cake. Candy and cake. Candy and cake. Candy and cake. My sugar's as sweet to treat as eating candy and cake. Candy and cake. Sugar and spice. Sugar and spice. Everything nice. Everything nice. And kissing her once ain't half as sweet as kissing her twice. Kissing her twice. I can be smart. He can be smart. And I can be wise. He can be wise. But when she rolls those roly poly jelly bean eyes, jelly bean eyes, I shiver and shake. He shivers and shakes. My heart would just break. His heart would just break. If some other love should rob me of my candy and king. You'll be 14. Seems difficult to think that I was once 14, but I was 47 years ago. I don't think I actually celebrated a birthday until I was in my 20s. 
You see, when I was a small child, well, when I was two, I lost my mother and father and lived with my grandmother, who was 62. She was a wonderful little old lady who never celebrated her birthday or mine. She was too busy earning a living for us both. What little good there is in me, I owe to my grandma, Esther. Tonight, we talked about the year you were born, Laura. 1939, your sixth birthday, your eighth birthday, when you were 11, and tomorrow, when you will be 14. I'm glad you let me share in these birthdays. And now, with Christmas just around the corner, I want to ask Mario Lanza, one of the great singers of our time, to commemorate the birthday the world celebrates tomorrow by singing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Lanza singing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. This half-hour program, Laura Anthony, was our little Christmas gift to you. 
May you have many more happy birthdays. And may all the rest of your life be tied up in one lovely Christmas package. There are questions to be answered. And my big eyes are ready to read them. And my big mouth ready to answer them. Maurice Hart of Kansas City, Missouri. Margaret Truman has been recently signed by NBC for a series of guest shots. Francine Dunlap of Boise, Idaho. The motion picture Life with Father starred William Powell and Irene Dunn, two of the very nicest people. Leo Mayer of Houston, Texas. The words and music of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the number that sold well over a million copies, were written by Johnny Marks, not one of the Marks brothers. The Wilson family of Boston, Massachusetts. The very first performance of George Gershwin's Porgy and Bess was on September the 30th at the Colonial Theater in Boston. No more time for questions, but I'll answer more that come in next week. This is Eddie Cantor saying, Good night. Eddie Cantor Show. This program came to you through the facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. Okay, y'all, I'm sorry to do this, but I gotta leave, and I guess that means you gotta leave too, and so everybody, I'm sure you kicked back, if you're, if you're Southerners, any of you, you probably got your shoes off, stretched out, you have to put them back on, (laughs) and, uh, uh, or at the very least, put on slippers, uh, yeah, (laughs) but, um, We'll be doing another show uh, on the 18th and another one on Christmas Day. So join us for uh, each one of those. And we'll, I look forward to having you. And, uh, Victor, you want to say anything? Merry Christmas, everybody. And if you don't come back, Happy New Year. <laughs>